Blog Talk Radio. Jay, we still got you? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. If we play at our best, we will beat every team in this fucking league playing at their best. Welcome to Jet Central Radio with Joe Caparoso. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and Turn on the Jets. Turn on the Jets. What is it? Turn on the Jets. I'm familiar with the website. I'm just, what, what's the podcast? What's the football? Jet Pro Central. Football Network. Uh, Pro Football Central. Pro Network. Football Central Jet Network. Anyway, we're here. We're live. We are live at Five Milestone in New York City on 85th Street and 2nd Avenue for a very special Moesha, followed by a very special... NFL Draft Show. We're here with Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com. I've been and here. And his, his cast of characters. And of course, Cal is here as well. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hi. Welcome. Uh, thanks. This place Good is crowd. amazing. And we have uh, a great another sponsor with us tonight, our buddy Dave Lopez, the guys at Gunhill Brewery. Go, Gunhill Brewing Co. Sorry, Dave. Go uh, try the beer. The beer is fantastic. Everybody in listening distance should try a Gunhill IPA, try the Gunhill Gold, the Seasonal Red. They're all very good. Special thanks, Dave. David, thank you for putting this together. We are here for the NFL Draft. There are a lot of Jet fans here. Some, some not Jet fans, but a there's lot of Jet fans. Some not Jet fans here. There's one Seahawks fan who is literally, he floated in. And there's a couple Eagles fans here, too. But yeah, they're floating in as well. Yeah, they, they, there's a couple Eagles fans, without a doubt. So uh, we're going to cover the whole draft tonight. Cal, Joe Caparoso. His cast of characters. Who's the first guy on the mic? Who are we have on the guest mic? Introduce yourself. What's up, guys? It's Alvin Osario, running backs and podcast. <laughs> He's been working on that all day. You nailed it. I think, you rushed, I think you rushed it a little bit, Clooney. A little bit. I messed up the landing. <laughs> messed up the landing. I got it. Oh, you stuck the landing. Uh, we are again joined by our, our buddy Jay Mafale, Mafale, who is our sound guy. Hi, Jay. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi, Laura. Happy birthday. Uh, and then Joe's girlfriend walked in on cue. On cue. It is her birthday. We should get the bar to sing happy birthday to her, right? Play the Tarantella. Yeah. It's also Dolvin's birthday. It is? It is. It is my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very happy much. Happy birthday, guys. but Thank you me. don't really count. It's, it's all about the girl. <laughs> I can't act like I care that much. So, uh, everybody, welcome to the show. The NFL draft is the subject. Oh, PJ, the Bishop. I, how can how I forget? Because he's not here. Bishop Big Donut is uh, live with us. On. Hi, PJ. Via satellite. Here he is. Well, say something, you fool. <laughs> this is not video, This DJ. is not video. They can't see you. He's blowing. You know, without my music, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, who's running the volume for us, Joe Cap? We want to give a special shout-out to our Jet fan over there in the corner who's going to be running, bumping up the volume every time Goodell makes a pick. Thank you, buddy. Great job. You. Talking you, to you. Thank you. You, you are appreciated. 
I'm giving him the Alice Cooper, uh, you know, thumbs up. You see Goodell, you crank the volume. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are going to be live for the draft. Everybody is here to watch the draft. Let's get the plugs out of the way real quick before the Texans are on the clock. Uh, special thanks to Five Mile Stone, this great new bar on the Upper East Side. If you live in the area, if you don't live in the area, come here anyway. They have a ton of great beers on tap. The place is delightful. Great balcony, lovely view. Yeah, did you see, oh. did you see downstairs, Cal? Yeah, that's how I came up, and it's great. I mean, it is up, up. Goodell is on, and we are ready to go. Holy cow, it's all happening. It only took eight months. <laughs> In just a shade under, the de- under a decade, the draft is going. Oh, this is just Roger Goodell welcoming us. Thank you, Roger. Thanks. I feel like he's talking to me a little bit. But he's right up the road. He's right, he's right up Literally. the street. He made us wait long enough. He made I us feel, wait long enough. Yeah, exactly. I hear we'll be waiting even longer next year. Too. Yay! Uh, so if you're watching the draft at home or you're listening to the podcast, and if you hear the occasional feedback, Jay is being uh, whipped every time that happens. Ouch. Um, with a cat of nine tails. I believe they called it flogged in the old days. The Texans are officially on the clock, nine minutes and 40 oh, seconds. Oh, now. Joe, let's jump right in. Cal, let's jump right in. The big news that I saw today, Adam Schefter reporting that the Texans were going to keep the pick. They were going to sit here. They weren't going to trade out. Let's jump right in, guys. What does your gut say? Who is it going to in it? You know, who, who are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do with this pick? I think this is a team that probably tried to trade out of the pick, made a strong effort to do it, but I think they're going to end up having to stay put, and I think they have to take Clowney. I, I, I think he's the best player on the board. You don't want to hear about his schemes today. When you have a chance to get a talent like that at the top of the draft, you just take him. You don't overthink it. You just take him. Absolutely do. And, Cal, your feelings, we talked about this first pick for a couple of weeks on our show. We talked about it with Joe. What do you think they're going to do? I think they're going to keep it, and they're going to take Clowney. I think, like Joe said, they probably tried to trade out of it. I, I'm not going to rule out a trade yet. There's still eight minutes left, so anything can happen. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're going to take Clowney here. This is the great thing about the NFL draft, and I fell in love with it when I was back in college in the <clears throat> early to late 90s, um, where, you know, uh, you know, basically the draft is anything can happen, and it's become this televised event that's unbelievable. You know, it's become the NFL is so genius. They have made it this, and they made us wait till May 8th. This is like Christmas. It'll be a longer wait next year. Too, yeah, and we got like, it's like Christmas, like where you got the Sears wish book, like in October. You know, and like, you start circling the guys that you want in the catalog. <laughs> That's right. You got the Sears wish book, and you're like, oh I, oh, I would love a wide receiver. That would be great this year. Dio, what's your prediction on the pick? I mean, I, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I do think that I, I, don't, I wouldn't rule out a trade just yet because I do, think really? that, I do think that the Falcons, they've been the most rumored team that's willing to trade up to get Clowney. Right. Clowney, if, Clowney has to be the pick. He's the best player in the draft. I'm just not sure that Houston's the one that takes it. Right. What about the questions about this guy, you know, fellas? I mean, there's been so much. Obviously, his talent is enormous. He's freakish. The comparisons uh, from his pro days and from – I mean, he's, he's a ridiculous person, right? But, you know, takes plays off, is been motivated, thinks he's already made it, all this sort of crap that you hear right. when right. somebody's trying to trade up to get him. Right. I, I don't worry about that stuff as much. I think the talent's there. I think that stuff is overrated, and it's part of this extra two, three weeks of waiting for the pick, just over-analysis. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's been the problem with this May 8th draft, right, Cal? Like, we're busting for this pick. We spent we months trying to figure out what he's going to do. Now, if they do trade this pick, what kind of haul can we get for it? I mean, that's, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think a lot of people will look at the RG3 trade as a baseline, but 
you know, is a team willing to give up their future for a guy like Clowney? Does Atlanta think they're really one player away where they're going to give up a first, a future first, a future second, all the other picks that are going to have to come with it? The well, stadium, elite, children, yeah, firstborn. Well, here's, here's what I would say about Atlanta, though. Atlanta made the move to get Julio Jones. Yep. And Dimitrov doesn't he doesn't hesitate to make the move. And I don't think that they are a four win team. Like this is a team that is right, two right. years removed from an NFC championship game appearance. Yeah. So if they feel that they're one player away and it's clowny, yeah. then they have to make the move. That's the team that's gotta make that move. Yeah. One player away. And you brought up a great you brought up a great point, you know, in the in the sense that the first two picks here, the the Texans and the Rams, are not your traditional first and second right. picks. Right. They're teams that everybody loves the Rams, I don't love the Rams, but Sam Bradford's still there, and the day that right. Sam Bradford is better than even Mark Sanchez. Sanchez has quarterback. But the Texans are not, right. you know, your traditional first round or, or first overall pick. Right. They may be a player away from being competitive. You know, obviously they got awful quarterback play last year. Right. Matt Schaub completely imploded. Right. They are a team at the still positions that has some age, so they need to go for it. Right. I could see them just keeping the pick, taking yeah. Clowney, pairing him up with J.J. Watt, and away we go. Who blocks I mean, who's going to block that? Yeah. Five minutes and still going. I, I, I thought it would be a quick They might be working a deal. I th- I, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening because I agree with you. You say Clowney because they may be one player away. You take them, let, let Clowney and Watt chase Andrew Luck for, tw- for two games yeah. next season, yeah. and you let yeah. him go for it. And once again, just to remind everybody, we are live at uh, Five Milestone here on the Upper East Side. It is a great. It is starting to fill up. I see a Cruz jersey out there. That guy will be saltering after a couple of... <laughs> Brewery. Very quick shout and thank you from Turn on the Jets to our kind friends from RTU oh, Sports. No. This sure, equipment, sure. this setup, for putting this, on, helping, us, helping us put this together. I mean, you guys obviously do a great job. We're always happy to work with you. Hey, this is your home. Hey. Whatever you want to come. I, mean, I don't want to get emotional with the Jets. <laughs> I get emotional. We have plenty of time for emotion later. Yeah. Look, we've said it before. You're the Alec Baldwin of RTU. You're oh, just, man. You're, you're, this is like your 13th appearance on Ready to Unload. Very, I'm flattered. You don't, even, you don't even rehearse the monologue anymore. You I, just I, come out and do it. Kind of come out. <laughs> and, of course, I want to shout out TJ Rosenthal from our site, Jet Report on Twitter, Cole Patterson, Mike Nolan. Obviously, Dalvin was already on air. Uh, Rob Saletti, who used to write for our site, my cousin who did show up, and of course, I already, I'm going to shout one more time to be extra safe. <laughs> Happy birthday, Laura. You're going to have you for coming. Happy birthday. Very smart. The, the, and the awesome thing is getting to meet some of you guys. We've never met, you know, a lot of you guys from TOJ, but we are tweeting all the time. All the time. We're in contact all the time. Reading your stuff, and it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know, we, we come into contact in this new age of social media and sports social media where you feel like you know everybody nice. Yeah. You know? like we, oh, here. We read each other's stuff, and, and, and so you feel like you, you have a, an automatic community sure. built in. And then, of course, there's, you know, there's competition now within the blogs and stuff like that. You guys have sort of risen above that, and I Thank think you. that's... Uh, a credit to you guys. Thank you. No, we appreciate that. I mean, for us, we couldn't have pictured partnering with anybody else other than you guys. I mean, when Joe, we, we had, we, we knew that this was how we wanted to do it. We thought that this was the best way to do it. So we're appreciative of that. Absolutely. And, uh, so, so the Texans are, the Texans are really taking their time, three and a half minutes and a half to go uh, on the clock here with the first pick. And I think, I think that the speculation, see, now they may just be doing this for television. <laughs> you think there's a producer telling you? Under Goodell's order. This this is Goodell saying, take your time. There is no rush. There is three cars. It when takes a while to print up last, those jerseys. When was the last time the first pick was traded? Do you remember? Great. That's a great question. I don't while Wasserman was on the clock? 
the, the, you know, the Jets actually traded out of this spot. We were trying to think today of the last time the Jets traded down in the first round. You know, trader Mike Tannenbaum was trading up all the time to get players. We were trying to think of the last time they traded down. Was it out of the pace? I mean, was it, was it out of that? It's been that, I'm trying to think. It's been that long. I remember them all the time. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really long time since they actually traded down. So they, and they might actually do that tonight. John and Sick might do that. Yeah, it's, might been, it's been surprising to hear all the rumors about oh, trading God, I love it. I love it so much. I do. I love the draft so much. We used to get a keg in 1995 at the University of Dayton. You know, on a set, and that was still when the draft was two days. It was Saturday. That March Madness powerhouse in Dayton. You had these. You had like a bunch of guys that just were ridiculous football fans. Fifteen guys chip in on a keg and literally watch the draft all day. It's better than that. You'd wake up, you'd have a bottle of Bloom's Farm, just to shake off Friday night. You're making me feel young. <laughs> I mean, I've said this before. You could put a draft channel on, and you could have some draft anything every night. Yeah, players, food, <laughs> beers, whatever. And I would watch a draft. As long as it's being drafted. That's all as long as it's being drafted. That is the key word. Yeah, that is the, key the word. draft channel would be amazing. And <laughs> That's got to, there's got to be an ESPN for that, right? Like ESPN draft. Yes. And it just shows the old drafts. The Ocho. Maybe that's where we start from here. With, uh, we're down to a minute and a half now. The Texans really milking the clock. Yeah. Really. Two hands firmly on the udders. Really milking the clock. Uh, but they, um, they, they could do the draft now. The NFL Network did that great 10 pick years. The pick is in. Pick is in. Pick is in. That's pick of the 2014 draft. In just a shade under seven months. He's now in. Yo. Sean, if we can get some volume there. Sean, uh, one of the owners and managers here. Great guy. Let's see if we can hear this. Let's see if when Roger strides to the podium. Roger Goodell. He likes to take his time walking up the podium, too, doesn't he? It's like an, it's an, it's an amble. It's a softer. He is softer. Six years ago, shopping if they go back. It's a, it's a sachet, really. I sachet one, but it was in front of the draft board. All right, so we are we are uh, seconds away from the Texans pick. Here we go. And uh, th- is that is that who I think it is? Yeah, that's Ray Lewis. That's, that's Ray Lewis. Familiar. Boy, it just got stabby in here. Hey. Did I? Can I say that? Was that? Is it too soon? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to see Ray Lewis now a, uh, a new face on <laughs> on ESPN, sitting next to Mel Kuyper. Mel looks good. Hi. Great to see Kate and Kevin and Howie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming down uh, to, uh, to Five Milestone here on the Upper East Side. Hi, Kate. What? Do I need a drink? Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on. The, the, the reason we're here is here. Hold on. What's that? Oh, well, we love you, Howie. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so the pick should be in any second now. Really? Here comes Roger Goodell. Here it comes. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. He looks thin. There it is. There it is. His suit, he looks good. One for one on my mock. I can say that. <laughs> 
How wow. many people are one for one in their mocks right now? Very nice. So, of course, the pick is Jadavian or Jadavian or Jadavian. Can I just call him Jay? I don't think it's going to matter what you call him. Those South quarterbacks are not going to be able to stop him. We'll just call him Mr. Clowney. Mr. Clowney, we'll call him that. Look, this was, a, this was a, a pick that we all expected. We all just talked about it. But let's begin to talk about J.J. Watt and Clowney on that same defensive line. I don't want to have Texas. to block him. I mean, what's funny is that if you would have asked someone literally 12 months ago who's going to be the first pick in this draft, they would have said Clowney. So we spent 12 months analyzing going through this, and it was the guy we thought it would be all along. He's the best player in this draft, best prospect in this draft. Does anybody have any problem with his energy level walking up to the podium? His energy level is very low. Cal. Are we questioning this? Look, I didn't expect him to break out, you know, like it's a war or something like that. I don't that. like his facial expression. He should declare war on Roger Goodell now, like a dance war. That would be amazing wow. if he could do that. And yeah. Goodell take him down. Yeah, hug. Strong that hug. Was that was a strong, strong, strong hug. hug. Strong hug. We got to get like a hug. Like hug a meter? We got to get, <laughs> get a hug a meter going. Let's get somebody on hug. One of so, your guys. Nolan. I think Nolan's just getting itchy over here waiting for the li- offensive lineman to get picked. <laughs> and Nolan is a hugger. We had never met before. Big, big huge hug. Big hug. You have long arms. You, you <laughs> long arms. You're a big dancing bear. I love you, Nolan. You're looking good. So I, I hate to flip it around that quick, but Rams got six minutes on the clock. Now who do they take? You flip it around, Joe Cap. I flip it around that here. quick. You keep us, you keep us yeah, on There it. was a lot of chatter about Manville. I don't think I see that. I think it's the safest bet is probably an offensive lineman, Greg Robinson or Jake Matthews. Now, is this a pick that the Rams could trade out of? I think so. I think so because all you've heard is that they're going to take an O-lineman, right? That's all you've heard. Right. But they can take Matthews maybe at five or six. Maybe this is the spot the Falcons trade up to to take Khalil Mack. Right. And do you think somewhere – Somewhere Sam Bradford has like whatever religion, like rosary beads out, just praying for Sammy Watkins. Come on, come on, just give me Sammy Watkins. I've been good. And honestly, that may be something that that he pushes for because you think about it. It's either they're going to protect him or they're going to give him weapons. That's right. Do you go with the best wide receiver in the draft or do you go with the best old lineman in the draft? And you know what? The the Rams are a great analogous team for the Jets because of the fact Sam Bradford has never developed. They've tried to give him weapons there. They've tried to protect him there. And they have not done a good enough job doing it. And it really is. Sam Bradford is like this year's Mark Sanchez, Cal, right? Like he's in a put-up-or-shut-up year. I think so. Um, I, I feel very sad for the Redskins fans right now that should have this pick. Yeah, the Redskins, Redskins yeah. fans right now. This is maybe where you want to turn the draft off. Maybe go right. take a Painful. walk. Painful. Maybe go walk the dog. I have a bunch of buddies, Cal, that are Redskins fans. They can't be happy right now. This is tough to watch. This is like it's Christmas and you have no presents. That's right. I mean, do you think that they had any idea when they traded this pick that it was going to end up being the second no. overall pick? No. They, they thought they three. traded for a franchise quarterback. And it imploded, and now it's the second pick overall. That's it's right. mind-boggling. They are, they are definitely in the, this was not in the brochure mode. <laughs> right. Like, can we get our money back? Trade the second pick. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? They're going to be great. Um, yeah, I, tiny, I, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the Gunhill Brewing Co's, uh, IPA. Branding. Or, uh, the, Very uh, nice. Gunhill Gold. Branding, there it is. And they are, they are, uh, featuring the beers here tonight. Once again, guys, if you're drinking beer, definitely have the Gunhill Brewing Co's, uh, they have the gold. We're going to get Dave on once we get cooking here to talk about his beers because he's just For he's sure. passionate about it. And, you know, I've seen Dave Lopez on the mic. Yeah, it's not good. It's not. We're going to give him about 35 seconds. It takes six practice. And then, practice. No, he's excellent. Dave, is, is, uh, he's a trained public speaker. He's a trained assassin, too, by the way. Now, we're going to get him on the mic to talk about his beers, talk about Gun Hill Brewing Co. a little bit. They are starting to show up at a lot of bars around town. 
Gabe's been doing a lot of promotion of the beer, and it's really good. Like, it's great when a friend of yours starts the business. And, like, I went out to a tasting that he had back in, uh, I think it was March or February. I had a, uh, a free night. The wife, <laughs> the wife and kids were uh, away in Texas. Nice. And Daddy had a free pass. I went out and had a couple <laughs> Is that what it takes? I met Antonello there. Well, he has a lot of free nights. I had the Gun Hill Gold. It is a delight. I turned around. I had nine or ten of them. Nice. And I can say that. The wife's not listening. I'm drinking one right now. Are you sure? Robust. And uh, she you may know, be listening. I just got my phone special. just lit up like a Christmas tree. I, I, okay. feel, I feel like we should, we should deliver a scouting report on the beer. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, we should. Does it make you, does it make you feel fat? That's right. <laughs> does it make you feel light, fat? Light. It's a light beer. You have a very sensitive side. I didn't see I, that I, coming. I do. I do. I'm getting married in a month, so I think it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Better you than me. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, I already, I already did it. You got three minutes, huh? Still counting. Yeah, we are three minutes on the clock. With the, well, they always do this, right? They always do this early. And it's then it gets, work tomorrow, it's, right? The Jets, right? The Jets will be, be picking somewhere around 2.30 in the morning. It's okay. We're, by, that, by that time, guys, it's going to be like a charity podcast where we're doing like a, a telethon. Please, any callers. Start right. taking donations after 11, that's 11 where, o'clock That's right. That's where PJ we, is going to be sucking on a lozenge like we uh, did, Jerry we Lewis. Did, you know, we forgot to mention, we're going to have uh, Dom Cosentino of NJ.com calling in at 845. We are. We're going to have Crystal Presti of WFAN calling in at 915. We're going to have our very own Connor Rogers calling in when one of us texts him and asks him to call in. Whenever that's right. In the show. And Connor, if you're, you can call in now, brother. Yeah, we would love to get Connor yeah, Rogers. Give, that, give that number over the air. 877-404-0820, Connor. Call that nut. Wow. The switchboard's going to light up, Peach. Be prepared. Okay, so we are, uh, we are at two, two minutes, minutes on the clock for the St. Louis Rams. Guys, seriously, what do you think the pick is here? I'm, I'm going to guess Robinson. I'm going to say they go O-line. So you're going to say O-line Cal? Uh, Joe is one for one, so I'm going to follow him. You're going to go with Robinson. the hot hand? Whatever he has, I'm going with that, that that Joe Cap guy, he's got the hot hand. Go, who do you like? I'm gonna say Sammy Watkins. I think that they can right. get a, I think they can get an old lineman at 13. I think they go with the wide receiver. I like I it. I would. I'll be love sad that. to see him go. Maybe he'll just keep tumbling and tumbling all the way down. To all 18. the way down to 18. You have to figure that the Rams were a team that everybody loved last year. They were a sweetheart, darling team, Cal, that everybody loved. And they, they showed some signs. So I mean, with bitter Cal- about that. I am very bitter. They showed some signs with Kellen Clemens. I mean, they won some games that they shouldn't have, or, or we didn't expect them to. But this team Excellent had... Excellent from Jackie. Just walked by. That's a great out. job, Jackie. Let's give it up. Thank you. Wearing the merch. Wearing the merch. Well done, Jackie. You. Well done. Um, also but quick. this is a team with the 2 and the 13 yeah. that everybody loves, building on that defense that could turn around really quickly. Absolutely. If you add Khalil Mack to this mix... The pick is in, but you get the volume. That is hot action. All right, let's get the volume up if we can. I believe the pick is in, Sean. We should probably wait until Goodell is, like, in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we should probably wait until Goodell... Goodell walks five blocks up the, uh, up the street. Goodell's not grabbing a knish on the corner of 6th and 54th. That, you know what? That's a great point you make about adding Khalil Mack to that defense. You could add Khalil Mack to that defense, and then all of a sudden... See, we all know who their offensive coordinator is. <laughs> It's a guy. I think, you know, Howie's, Howie's very familiar with him. His right. name is Brian Schottenheimer. Right, right. And sometimes I feel like Brian Schottenheimer should be like in, uh, you know, his name is Robert Paulson. Like, that's how a Jet fan should feel about Shotty. 
You know, like he's Son sort of, of Sam. Yeah, he's sort of like he's sort of like Meatloaf in. Uh, I agree. I agree. In uh, so many bad memories, so many bad memories in Fight Club. Like it's just, it's just his name is Brian Schottenheimer. Yes. The first rule of Brian Schottenheimer. You don't, you don't talk, talk about, about Brian, Brian Schottenheimer. But he is, of course, the Rams' offensive coordinator. Right. So they would love to add a, a, an offensive lineman, right. add a skill position player, but Khalil Mack sitting there. In a division where you have to face Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, and Carson Palmer. Exactly. Cal, Cal, would you take Khalil Mack right now? I would, but you can't go wrong with taking Robinson, the offensive lineman. Robinson's a very safe pick. It's hard, it's hard to screw up the second pick. It, it sort of is, isn't it? It feels like it's hard to screw up the second pick. Unless, of course, you trade it. Unless, of course, you trade it Maybe when you're the first kid. You might have been short-sighted. Right. So the pick is supposedly in. I'm not buying it until I see that guy no, walk up no. to the podium. The pick is and, in. Uh, no, the, no, I'm telling you, the pick is in. No, it, it says that it's in. It's in. It just kicks in an awfully long time. It does. It I'm takes harp on this all night. Guys, what could Roger Goodell possibly be doing? Always has better things to be doing right now. <laughs> is he doing his taxes? Is this like... Get up to the podium. Maybe he's perfecting his handshake. He Maybe that's what it. he's doing backstage. He might <laughs> be coming up with something else to find. There I mean, you go. guys, I'm, I'm staying confident with Robinson, and if it is Robinson, we're getting the big man up there. But do you know, there's, oh, here he comes. Here comes Goodell heading to this, sauntering. We're going to think of every possible word. Doesn't, doesn't he have the Vince McMahon struck? <laughs> <laughs> so there, whoa, Joe Cap. Okay, I miss. Joe, I need man. five numbers between 1 and 54 and a supplemental. Joe Cap is on fire. The pick is uh, is Greg Robinson, the offensive tackle from Auburn. Cal, very safe pick. Very safe pick, but a good pick. Yeah. Well, they they have to keep whoever's playing quarterback upright. And uh, there's been a there's been a great lack of that. There's been a lot of shuffling on that offensive line. They've invested first round picks in that offensive line before. Right. So to take uh, oh no, let's bring in our O line specialist. We we just happen to have one here. We just have, we happen to have brought an O-line specialist. Be careful, guys. Lots of beers floating around here. Nolan, jump on the mic. Donnelly, jump on the mic. Patterson. Only draft party in America with an O-line specialist. So it's Cole Patterson joins us, and Mr. Nolan, offensive line specialist, joins us to talk about the Greg Robinson pick. The second, hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's great to be here. Great to finally meet you guys. Uh, Cole, make sure you stay real close to the mic, real real tight. Yeah, swallow it. Uh, and, He's good at that. Oh, no, keep it clean. Boys. Ooh, keep it clean. It's not even 10 o'clock yet. <laughs> okay, so let's go right to Nolan first. What do you make of this pick? Do you like Greg Robinson for the Rams here? I love Greg Robinson. His upside is unbelievable. Um, I, as an O-lineman, there's no, no guy with a higher ceiling. When you watch him in Auburn, I mean, he's just an absolute athletic freak coming off the ball. Now, he has a lot of technical problems that he has to work on. But the reason I think the Rams is actually a good place for him to land is because Brian Schottenheimer runs a lot of uh, power gap scheme offense in the run game. So, um, you know, what he's going to be doing there is, is closer to what he was doing at Auburn. So it's not as technical as it would be in a zone scheme. They will run some zone, but, you know, it's not as technical, and he can kind of just get off the ball and drill people. And uh, that's, that's where his strength definitely is. Now, in, the, in pass protection, that's where he's really got to adjust the NFL game. He's shown footwork and athleticism that'll be able to do it, but you know, is, is, is he plug and play? I mean, yeah, he's, that's he's, sort of necessary. I think because of what I've seen in his athleticism and his strength, I think he's plug and play. There's going to be some growing pains, without a doubt. And 
The one thing I will say, I mean, there is definitely a huge risk of him being a bust guy. You know, being a bust this high at number two, and, and I think a lot of people brought up uh, Jason Smith yeah. as, as a comparison. Former Jet. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's so athletic, but, you know, are we valuing that ceiling way too much? That's right. the thing. And would you rather have a guy like Matthews who is just so technically sound that you know what you're going to get with a guy like that? Right. Cole, what do you think? What do you make of the pick? you like it? Uh, I think Zach Safety is going to benefit right away from it. Um, you know, Nolan's talking about how he's a mauler. He, you know, he can step right in in the run game and make an impact. I think that's definitely um, an upgrade for them. And I mean, he's going to play on the right side because Jake Long's not moving to the right side of the line. No. Um, and, you know, he's also versatile enough if he uh, – if he slips up a tackle, you can move him into guard. You can move him in. People are saying he can even play center. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, but Look, he, that versatility, yeah, that yeah. versatility is, is definitely necessary, and it's definitely, um, you know, the kind of thing they did whiff on Jason Smith. I mean, you guys brought up Jason Smith. That, that, that kind of whiff on an offensive lineman can really haunt you. Now, it doesn't haunt you as much financially as it used to because it is capped how much they can make, but, you know, you, you can't afford to whiff on this this pick if you're t- is he is he too boomer bust here Nolan I think uh you know for me actually if I was a GM in this situation I would I would probably be thinking Matthews only because I'm more of a conservative type so I'd rather have Matthews because Matthews you really know what you're going to get you know he's he's very similar to Jokel from last year maybe just a, a little step better than him you know what you're going to get he's a technician he's got strength he's got the bloodlines if it's me, I'm probably going Matthews. But now, again, with the Rams, Robbins is a good fit for what they're going to do on offense. So right. that may have swayed them a little more in their evaluation of him. Now, uh, Cole, we're coming at, up uh, on the clock. We have the uh, Jaguars on the clock. Is the pick in, Cal? The pick is in. I just want to get your guys' take on, on what they do here. Is there any chance they take Manziel here? I actually picked Manziel in my, in my mock draft for the yeah. site. Um, I, think, I think it's really what they need to energize the franchise. Um, I think, obviously, they need a quarterback, and I don't think um, the signing of Penny really prohibits them from doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is where it gets interesting, because the first two picks were not necessarily chalk, but they were pretty much chalk. And now it gets kinky. Right. I mean, now it gets pretty word. awesome in that the, the Jaguars have so many needs and can go in so many different directions. And, you know, they pass on having a franchise quarterback in Tim Tebow, right? So we all, you know, they did not bring Tim We all know what Tim Tebow is, but I'm talking just strictly from a marketing standpoint. They, they eschewed that. Everybody said they should do it to build up their fan base, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't do it. So now do they take the quarterback here and finally start building around a quarterback? Um, I, I think it's down to three players, and I think the ideal pick for them would be Mansell, but I think um, you probably have Sammy Watkins and Khalil Mack in play. I think Khalil Mack's an interesting case in particular because you have, um, you know, uh, the head coach there was the defensive coordinator in Seattle. Uh, was it? Um, Gus Bradley. Bradley, thank you. Um, and, you know, you can build around a player like Matt. He's going to be an impact player immediately, and they've already got something going there. Yeah. yeah. And no, I mean, he draws a lot of, I'm sorry, no. He no, draws a lot of comparisons, obviously, to elite, elite outside pass rushers. Khalil Mack, he played at a small school that's like sort of against it, but everybody knows his athleticism. Is he a guy you build around? Yeah, and, and just Cole just brought him up a second ago, but Gus Bradley, we know – and it looks like the pick's coming in. But we know how he values pass rushers. All right, here we go. Let's go. We're going to Roger Goodell once more. Pump up the volume there, Joe Cap. We have our first real surprise of the wow. day. Wow. That came out of the Jaguars select Blake Bortles, the quarterback. 
Hey, look, they took a quarterback. It just wasn't the one we thought they were going to take or should take. Obviously, Cal, there are really strong opinions back and forth on all the quarterbacks in this draft. Right. You know, Blake Bortles is a guy that has people running the meter up and down. I, I mean, I think this is a gutsy pick, guys. Gutsy is I don't like it, but it's gutsy. I mean, for, for Bortles, I, I really see a guy that probably needs to sit on the bench for a year or two. And frankly, that's not going to happen at Jacksonville. He's going to go right away. He's going to go right in and play. Who's he going to learn from? So I, I thought... I thought a situation like that where he could sit for a year or so, maybe, I mean, in Arizona, a lot of people are talking about that. Sinbine Palmer would have been a better situation for him. But I guess Gus Bradley and those guys see enough in him to think that he could step right in and, and from day one be a successful quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. This pick is amazing. The quarterbacks, we didn't get to talk about the quarterbacks before the draft, guys, but, you know, there's, there's Teddy Bridgewater and there's, there's Blake Bortles. There's, you know, obviously Johnny Football. There are such wide, gaping assessments of these guys. You know, somebody had, you know, some prognosticators that Johnny Mantel going in like that fifth round. Other guys had him as the, you know, the best quarterback in the draft. Are these guys more tightly bunched than we were sort of led to believe, do you think? I mean, from an upside position, or is, are there gaping, uh, uh, you know, gaping holes between how good these quarterbacks can be? Um, I'm not sure about the ceiling necessarily, but what you're getting right now are three very different styles of quarterback. You've got Manziel, who's kind of the gunslinger, running gun, bootlegger. You've got Boros, who's got the prototypical size. He's what every coach wants in their quarterback. And you've got Bridgewater, who, for all you know, his accolades and saying that he's so pro-ready, people seem to be down on him for whether it be the pro-day or his on-field attitude. You know, it's really just more about what you're getting now, I think, than the feeling of these actual players. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Cleveland does here. Cleveland takes Manziel. Then, then your point is, is right on that they're very much close, you know, bunched together. Yeah, and, and, and he's, you know, Johnny Manziel is going to be available. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be absolutely fascinating that, you know, Johnny Football, this polarizing guy, and the Browns, who do nothing but sort of screw up, <laughs> could be a marriage made in heaven. I mean, it could be just magnificent. Yeah, I so, mean, if, if Manziel goes here, do you see a run in quarterbacks coming? I don't, I don't know if there is a run on quarterbacks in this draft. The you know, Browns have traded draft. the pick. All right, so we have our first trade of the day. Wait. Caparoso takes a walk and everything goes crazy. To the Bills. So the Browns have traded the pick to the Bills. They have traded, and the Bills are now on the clock with four minutes and 30 seconds to make a selection. Now, who do the Bills take here, guys? What's your gut say? Mac. Mac, right? That's got to be for Mac. Yeah, with Mac on the board, I think this is the move to make Mac, to get Mac. As soon as he slipped past Jacksonville, Buffalo probably just jumped on him. Yeah, this is a... uh, What could it be Watkins? Oh, very well could be. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they have, they have so many. You know what would be magnificent here? If they took Johnny Manziel. Oh, defeat. Oh, man. I would, we'd have to tear down. We'd have to tear down the podcast. That's it. I'm going off. Thanks, everybody. All caution to the wind with that yeah. And as Jets fans, i got to play that twice a year. Right. Be, well, I feel the same way about Watkins or Mac, to be honest. Yeah, true. Well, that's the thing about Mac. Like, as a Jet fan, you certainly... You certainly are not happy with this development. I wonder what uh, we gave up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking for details on the trade. Do you have any? Oh. All right. We haven't seen it. It hasn't come up on the ticker here on NFL.com. So the details have not been revealed. You have, you have to think they traded the nine pick 
to get the fourth pick. At least. Right? They traded the nine, the and then next year... It's got to be number two. We never know. This is the Browns. They could have traded, like, a third-round pick for it. Swap it straight up. You third never round know. Third-round pick and Stevie Johnson. They traded Brett Radler, <laughs> I believe. So that was good. That oh, was yeah. a good deal. <laughs> Uh, this is a this is a really the Browns now stand to so they already had another first round pick the Browns stand to pick up another first round pick. I mean the, the Browns could really be loading themselves for bear here, but at what end? Right. Like exactly. it seems like the Browns just compile like picks compile picks just to suck. <laughs> you know. I mean, there's one thing. It's one thing to compile picks when you're the Patriots and keep trading down. It's another thing to do when you're the Browns and you keep effing up the pick. Right, exactly. You still have Manziel on the board. What are you going to rely on, Boyer? I mean, ACL? Like, I doubt it. I mean, you know, they're talking about interesting All right, cards. so there's, there's, I'm sorry, Cole. There's the pick. The Browns get the fourth pick in the draft. Uh, or, or, excuse me, the Bills get the fourth pick. The Browns will get the ninth pick, the 2015 first, and the 2015 fourth. That's a lot. That's a high price. That's a haul. Um, but, you know, the Bills must really love Mac here. I would not be surprised if that, that was the pick. The pick is coming in. While we have a second, guys, more, some more people have shown up. Thank you so much for coming out tonight, everybody. Everybody that's here. And Goodell is sauntering. He is moving quickly now. He's very quick. That was, he had an amble there. All right, here's the pick. Wow. Watkins. So the Bills trade into that spot to take Sammy Watkins, the wide receiver, and oh, doctor. Good call, Nolan. Everybody's mock draft yeah, is ruined. Yeah, no, really. Um, that is, uh, that's unbelievable. Cal, quick thoughts on that pick. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a great pick. You know, you pair him with Manuel. That's going to be great. Getting EJ Manuel, somebody to throw to, getting him weapons, surrounding him with the best weapons that money can buy. And we all agree Sammy Watkins is far and away the best receiver in this draft. Right, guys? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's got size. He's got speed. He's got a great name. Name is very important. You're, crea- you're creating him in Madden. Like, you give a guy the name Sammy Watkins. It's true. It does sound fast and game-breaking. It rolls off the tongue. He's Look gonna, at it. He's going to play eight games in the cold weather of Buffalo and or Toronto. And yeah. He's from the, he played in the South. So. But this is a really, it's a really interesting pick, guys, for the Bills, who lost their, their leader in Ralph Wilson, obviously a huge member of the, you know, of the NFL family, an icon. Um, there's a lot of question marks surrounding this franchise. Will they move? Will they be bought? I know they play a game a year in Toronto already. I know some people that are really big Bills fans that are losing their minds right now with excitement. This is a move that really excites the fan base for the Bills. And the, and the Bills fans might have Mike Pettin to thank for it. That's, that's, <laughs> once again, something, something to thank Mike Pettin for. <laughs> um, my, question, my question is, you know, they just traded for Mike Williams from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Are they are they hanging on to Stevie Johnson now? Is that is that going to be a move? I mean, we can never have enough talented wide receivers. Yeah. But you know, this this is a big move to make, and if they can get something for Stevie for Stevie Johnson yeah. to recoup what they lost in the trade. Yeah. I mean, this really shakes up the draft board a ton because everybody had Watkins out of their out of their draft in the top five, right, guys? But they didn't have the Bills doing what the Bills are doing. So now, do other teams now try to trade up higher to get Mike Evans? Well, know, Mike I mean, Evans becomes a hot commodity right now. You figure they jumped ahead of Oakland, so they must have known maybe Oakland was going to pull the trigger That's on right. Watkins if he right. was there. 
So, I mean, maybe Oakland just says, okay, we'll settle for Mike Evans now. Right. And the Raiders are on the clock, speaking of. And the Raiders, of course, have 850 holes to fill. They have a great team in 2009. Like, they had a tremendous 2009 offseason. <laughs> I had a fantasy team a couple of years ago that I renamed 2009's All-Stars because it had been 2009 undefeated and untouched. You've had a couple of those teams, Cal. 2005. 2005 also. With Jake Delhomme as your quarterback. Yes. yes. The inimitable Jake Delhomme. You know what I love here is that if the Raiders do take Evans, Mack is sitting there for the Falcons to six. That's and they're, they're going to grab him. You have to pull the trigger on oh, there. Oh, have the Falcons to. will be doing somersaults to the Falcons. To the Falcons? Exactly. Do we have any Raiders fans here tonight? Do we have any Raiders fans in Five Milestone? Doesn't look like it. I don't know if it's in sure. I don't see any eye patches or Darth Vader helmets. Or, <laughs> and I'm not frightened, actually, for my, for my well-being at a football game. All right, so the Raiders have about four minutes left. Let's set the scene here. Um, we are at Five Milestone on the Upper East Side. Turn on the Jets.com. Their great crew is here. Uh, yeah, yeah, give it up. Turn on the Jets.com. They got a table over there. <laughs> they are not a professional football website made up of women. <laughs> made up of female writers, despite that, although that would be awesome. In fact, get nothing wrong with it. Greatest website ever. Oh, is more what I was thinking. I would work there. Yeah. I would, <laughs> why did you just leave us? And Jay, Jay knows nothing about football, but no, he would like to apply for an internship, perhaps, like some. But I know enough about of, women. I'd like to work there. Some yeah. sort of program. So we are at Five Mile Stone with the guys from Turn on the Jets. Cal and I, of course, are ready to reload with Cal and Sam Pete. Uh, we have some guys uh, here from. My company, thank you for coming down, guys. Uh, my friend Darren is here. Dio, good to see you. He's a Giant fan. We won't hold that against him. Um, and uh, it's just a really great scene here. Thanks to everybody. And, of course, we are drinking beers by the Gun Hill Brewing Co. You get a beer, get it from them. So we, the pick is in for the Raiders. Right. And we, have, uh, we should have a call coming in, Bishop, at 845. It's going to be Dom. Uh, Cosentino uh, from NY, uh, NJ.com. He covers the Jets for NJ.com, so we'll be taking that call uh, uh, when he comes in. So, Bishop, be on the lookout for that. Are you okay? He looks. He does not want to talk on the microphone. He's tonight. fine. Hi. I, I fear he's had a couple of scotches. I've been he's, he's not happy with the trade. I've been texting with him a lot. And, uh, so he's Hang out. So like right. Thanks, PJ. Uh, Peach, uh, thank you for doing this, brother. As always, the great producer of the podcast. Uh, and so we are, we are trading back in. Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com, the founder, is stepping back in. They actually tag in when they do that. They actually do tag. It's awesome. Yeah, the pick is in. Volume. All right, the pick is in. Sean has got the volume. Great job, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. So the Raiders get Khalil Mack, and this is a great pick for the Raiders, Joe. We'll see him week one, right? We'll see him him at MetLife Stadium against the Jets week one. When When was the last time you said, that's a great pick for the Oakland Raiders? Right. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, honestly, the best value they could have got there, getting him at five is great. That defense, Mack, Tuck, Woodley. That's right. Justin Tuck is there now, all you Giant fans. Justin Tuck has moved on to the Raiders, so now you put Khalil Mack. Guys, do you think that Khalil Mack is the special talent that he is being made out to be? Not a doubt in my mind. I think I, you're talking about a guy who 
dominated against Ohio State last year, and he was he was the, he's arguably the second best defensive player in the draft. And so what Oakland did now with adding him to Tuck and Woodley, you're talking about three legitimate pass rushers to go after Peyton, Phillip Rivers, and Alex Smith. I, I like the move. It's, it's un-Oakland-like for sure. A rare smart move. A rare smart move for sure. Yeah, this has to be – here's what I love about Khalil Mack. You know, they're obviously going to show a lot of his highlights, and his package includes a lot of the uh, Ohio State games. But then you get to see him play against, like, Hotspur. Like, his highlight package Easy is, against, against, New York. is it's against – you know, it's against, like, all these, these other teams that are, uh, you know, small teams and stuff like that. But he looks like a beast, guys. He really does. I think that's a, that's a defense that be a nice little pass for the Jets in week one. I mean, for, an off, you know, a new right tackle we're going to have, for, you know, likely Geno on their center, that, that's going to be a challenging defense to go against. I mean, even though we're home, I, I mean, a game that, you know, it's in May, I like to say, I always put the Seahawks to win, but that's a tough defense. Cal, you, this puts the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons on the board, who are probably sticking pins in an Oakland Raiders voodoo doll right now because they were this close to getting a player they probably absolutely coveted. What do the Falcons do now? Again, the Falcons are not a, a six-pick team. No. So what do they do here, guys? I think it's Jake Matthews. I think they need offensive line help. I think he's solid value six. I think if they're sticking to their board, Matthews is the guy. I'm not really sure whether the direction they were going, I mean. So here's, here's, who, here's who I would watch at six. I'd watch Eric Ebron at six to replace Tony Gonzalez. Really? Yeah, I'd watch Ebron at six because you're talking about a guy who, he's a, he's a mismatch nightmare. And if you put him in the slot with Roddy White and Julio Jones on the outside, I think he could be the guy to replace, to replace Tony Gonzalez. I'd watch him. I think he's, he might be the pick. Ebron is great, but that seems awfully high for him. He's the best tight end prospect since Vernon Davis. And Vernon Davis went five overall to San Francisco. So I, yeah, I don't think it's that high for, for a guy that's a game changer like Ebron. Don't shadow my Ebron dreams. Uh, Ebron dreams. <laughs> you have Ebron dreams? That's, I, I, I want a tight end. I'm tired. I mean, he's right over there, though. I mean, we're doing this show live. He is, he is a sexy tight end, though. I'll be honest. And I say that with a staunch, unblemished record of heterosexuality. He is a really... Although, although John Hamm is... Quickly moving up the board, slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, Mad Men fans out there, John Ham is quickly moving up the. I would leave the wife for John Ham after his. Uh, and again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Got to quickly shout out some of the jerseys in the crowd. We got we got a Geno Smith over there. We got a Geno. We got a Corvette right Corvette. in front of me, which looks fantastic. The Corvette jersey at the bar. How about the best? How about the best one, Ryan Quigley at the bar? Ryan Quigley. That's a, it's a number one in your playbook, number one in your heart. That's, That's a little special. The number's outdated now. <laughs> Custom made. Very true. Very have to fix that. And they're right in front of me at the Cam Newton and Victor Cruz. So we're not one out all Jet fans. Represented all over the place. I know. We'll try to make sure uh, with some of these different teams uh, get their picks. We get some fans from their respective teams up yeah, there. And I, I hope the Giants hit. I hope everybody's eating and everybody's having a good time and everybody's like enjoying it. It, looks like here. it. It looks like they it are. It looks like it. Um, we it's have, you know, some obvious football fans here. We have some non-football fans who just came down to support us, so we super appreciate that. Very much appreciated. Cal, the Falcons, I think they should take an offensive lineman. I think Matthews is the pick here. I think you need to keep – I think they have enough weapons, and I think you need to keep Matt Ryan upright. Matty Ice, you want to talk about Matty Ice? I don't want to talk about Matty Ice because I can't stand him. No. I do not care for Matty Ice. I've said it on this show for, you know, four and a half years. I think he's colossally overrated. My buddy Matt Smith is leaving. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much, brother. What? Uh, he helped us with the setup tonight. He was tech. 
magnificent. What is the difference between Matty Ice and Mark Sanchez? <laughs> you want to know that Mark Sanchez has four, four road playoff wins. Matty That's Ice the difference. I mean, if you combine Matt, if you combine Matt Ryan's regular season with Mark Sanchez's playoffs, you probably have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, and, well, well, and also, if you if you took Matt Ryan's weapons, yes, and gave him the Sanchez, gave him to Mark Sanchez, yes. we would have a different quarterback. Matt Mark Sanchez would still be playing quarterback for the New York Jets. I agree, hundred percent. And you know what, Sanchez has. A lot of people are forgetting the fact that Mike Vick beat out Nick Foles last year. Sanchez has a shot. I, I'm not. I don't think Chip oh, Kelly's. I don't think Chip Kelly's married to the fact that Nick Foles is going to start Week One. Look, I want to have a nice draft. Okay, we're having a nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Draft. I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin Christmas <laughs> and start talking about and have to turn into a Mark Sanchez apologist. I'm yet sorry. Again. I'm sorry. But yes, you're right. They, that was always my argument. That's my point. My argument was always if you put Julio Cruz yeah. and Lottie White and Tony Gonzalez right. and Jacques Rogers right. and Michael, Michael Turner, Turner. Right. you put these guys around Mark Sanchez, right. he would have been a different quarterback. 100%. 100%. The blame, look, I'm just going to say it and then we can move on with our night. <laughs> the blame for Mark Sanchez with the Jets will always lie in both of their hands. I agree. Mark I agree. Sanchez didn't mature as yeah. he should have. He didn't take the ball and run with the job, but the Jets did him a disservice in building around him. Oh, I agree. And, and you think about it, when they they, they replaced Kachari with Mason, they brought in Plastico to replace Braylon. Like, it, it, it's one of those things where you look back on it and you wonder, if they had just stuck with Braylon right. and with, and with and Koch, Koch, how different would things have been? Absolutely. And, I mean, but now we have Gino. And that's, that's ripping rip it open those old boots. <laughs> this is cathartic, Joe. This is cathartic. It's I therapy. Just, I just want to say how proud I am of our buddy Steve here. Yes. The Falcons delaying this pick gave us some time to hash this out. <laughs> and the fact that Steve puts any blame on Sanchez himself is a big step. So... We've made a lot of strides. In, 100, in 175 episodes, I've finally done it. All right, Jay, we're going to take a call, so we're going to want to pump up Blog Talk Radio. Right now, joining us uh, from N, uh, NJ.com, he covers the Jets. He does a fantastic job. He also used to work Deadspin. Absolutely. That cough was brilliant. His name is Dom Cosentino, uh, and he joins us right now on the line. Uh, let's, Dom, let's make sure we have you live here. Uh, Dom, are you there? Yes. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Uh, we, we can hear you. We probably need you a little more in the can, Jay, if you can do that. Can you hear us, Dom? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? There we, there we go. Yes, that's great. Uh, Dom, welcome to the show. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, just to set the scene for you, we are live at a great bar on the Upper East Side. And uh, what do you think so far, Dom? What do you think? Well, you know, obviously the Blake Bortles going to the Jaguars is a, is a big surprise, and you know Sammy Watkins now being in the AFC East is, is a concern for for the Jets. But you know, all these teams are trying to get better. It, it's it's still only May. It's no, no reason to panic or anything like that. So, you know, way early. You know, and we'll see what the Jets do a little later. Got it. Dom, obviously, uh, uh, my name is uh, Sam Pete. I know we haven't spoken, but thank you so much for taking the time to be on our uh, joint podcast here. Uh, you, you mentioned Sammy Watkins being in the AFC East. Did the Bills overpay? Did they have to make a move like that to excite their fan base? You know, I, I'm kind of surprised they gave up what they did. You're talking about, you know, a, a first-rounder for next year and a fourth-rounder. That, that could prove to be pretty expensive for them, uh, considering that, you know, quarterback may be an issue for them even, you know, going forward. So, I, you know, it, it's, it's tough to tell, but, but they, you know, 
they obviously felt that this is what they what they wanted and needed, and, and it was worth giving you know moving up uh, to, to do it. Time will tell to see if if that works out for them or not. Yeah, Tom, we have a a pick in, so we're going to take a quick minute here. Uh, uh, Joe Matthews for the Raiders. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Take it. I, Don, how you doing? Joe Riley from Turn the Jets. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes to call in tonight. But cutting it real quick, Jake Matthews for the Raiders. Not not too, too much of a surprise. I'm sorry, no. not for the Raiders. Yeah. To the, to the Falcons, to the yeah. Falcons. And, 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 I, and, and Dom, we, we had speculated that maybe they would maybe they would take Ebron here or, like, make a splash here. But Jake Matthews is the safe pick here, right? Yeah, absolutely. The Falcons really need, you know, Matt Ryan was sacked 44 times last year, I think. So, you know, they, they absolutely needed to shore up the offensive line. And, you know, depending on your loyalty here in New York, you know, that, that's sort of a big pick for the Giants as well because – you know, yeah. they're in need of some offensive line help. So that takes one another tackle off the board, really. Uh, Giants wait for, for number 12. Now. Yeah, I think every tackle that comes off the board makes it more likely that the Giants take Beckham, which takes that, obviously, out of play for the Jets. You know, I, I, as of now, what would you say is the safest pick or the safest expectation for a Jets fan at 18? Well, you know, I had been going thinking receiver all along, but, but really, in the, you know, for whatever reason, the last – 24 hours, my gut's telling me they might be better, you know, going with a corner or even going to the safety like Calvin Pryor, um, just because of how deep this, this this draft is for wide receivers, you know, they might be able to get, a, you know, a, a pretty good receiver in round two or even round three, just given the, the, the depth that's there. So, you know, depending on what falls to them, too, I mean, we have to see if, if you know, Darkley Denard or, or, or Kyle Fuller or Justin Gilbert, you know, which one might fall as far as 18 to 12. So it's still way early to kind of make a definitive judgment, I think, on anything. Um, but, but it, you know, my gut just kind of tells me that they probably ought to do something to shore up that secondary right now. Dom, what kind of chances do you think the Jets uh, of trading out of that pick and going down in the draft? That's a good question. Um, I certainly don't think they trade up, but, but uh, again, trading down, given the number of picks that they have in this draft, you know, I don't know that they'd want to do that either. It would depend, it, I guess it would depend on the offer, really. So, uh, again, wait, wait. I feel like it's still, still a little bit too soon to tell exactly what they might do as far as a, a trade, but, again, you never know. So, and it, you know, again, I'm sorry I don't have a whole lot of insight on that kind of thing, but, it, you know, there's, there's just always so much misinformation flying around that it's, it's tough to tell, and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth by saying anything one way or another. Yeah, especially with the draft. I, I'm, taking, I'm taking the easy way out, so shoot me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And especially with a draft that started three weeks later than it usually does. Dom, you've been doing a great right. job covering the Jets so far on the beat. How have you found the beat to be? I know it's – is this your first time as, as a beat guy? I know you were at Deadspin for a while. Yeah, you know, it really, it really is my first time as a beat guy. It was kind of the reason I, I, I left. Deadspin. I wanted to have an opportunity like this, but it was strange for me. I started in December, and then you know I literally had two weeks to be around a team, and then into the off season with no, you know, you don't. It's not like you have access to sort of like meet these guys and talk to them every day. So I, I'm still developing my, you know, sources and things like that just to, to, to kind of do this and do it well. And it's the kind of thing that's just going to take time. So it's been a, a little frustrating on that end that I. You know, I don't have people I can automatically confirm things with very easily and things like that, and I, I want to get to that point, but it's, it'll come. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's been enjoyable so far, uh, you know, and I'm kind of eager for the season to get started. And I know a lot of fans like this kind of stuff with the draft, but, I, you know, I'd rather watch football. So, 
um, you know, I, I'm kind of eager for September to get here, frankly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, just uh, just a quick mention, the Bucks are on the clock, um, and they have about four minutes left. One other thing about that, Dom, uh, you know, Cal and I on our uh, sports podcast, we talk a lot about how the teams are covered. I know Joe does as well. His, you know, his, his mission statement is a mission to civilize from newsroom. We talk a lot about that, so it's been interesting to see you on the beat. The Jets beat gets uh, sort of, I, I hate to use the phrase bad rap, but I will anyway, even though it's cliched. But this, the beat gets, gets, you know, gets a really hard time from the fan base. This is a fan base that's very frustrated. This is a fan base that's very vocal about their frustration. Um, have you been able to uh, you know, sort of reach out to the fans? We, we've talked to Chris Lepresti in the past. How have you found the fans to be uh, in dealing with them on Twitter and social media? You know, for the most part, I've had a, a pretty positive experience so far. You know, and again, it, it's only been a few months, but, but I, you know, it's definitely a, a passionate fan base that's, that, that's starving to win. And, that, you know, you, you see people like that, they, they deserve to see a winner. Um, but, the, you know, what, what's been enjoyable, enjoyable for me has been seeing some of the blogs like Turn on the Jets and some of the other ones out there. That, that, that sort of that, that don't cover it with a sort of knee-jerk reaction to, to everything that goes on. That you know they they lose Antonio, or they, they release Antonio Cromartie and don't replace him with a top-notch corner. But it doesn't mean the sky is falling necessarily. You know because we don't know what's going to happen between now and training camp and training camp in the regular season. So you know I, I think the more you can kind of provide people a reason to stay calm and understand that winning championships is a really hard thing in this league. I think with 14 or 15 teams have never won the Super Bowl, you know? Yep. So it, it's not something that just comes easily. So, you know, you, you kind of have to take a, you know, use your brain every now and then, I think, to, you know, as you analyze the, the comings and goings of players. And, the, you know, it, it's not like fantasy football. It, it seems that way. There's a lot of <laughs> things for these teams to consider, um, you know, when, when they go out and they want to get a guy. And, 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 and it, it's just nice to see that there are outlets like that, out, out there like that, like Turn on the Jets, to take that approach. It's been good for me. It's helped it's, me understand what the heck I'm doing. Right. That's awesome. All right. Go ahead, Dom, really appreciate the uh, kind words, and it's been great working with you the last few months. Looking forward to working with you without the entire regular season. Real quick, and then we'll let you go. Final choice, what's your pick for the Jets tonight at 18? Well, again, I, I, I had gone in my mock draft with Eric Ebron. I had him falling, but, it, but again, as I said, thinking that you know, they may go defense. I, I, I feel like it would be either Darquise Denard or uh, Justin Gilbert or Kyle Fuller, depending on who falls for them. I think mean, it falls to them. I, I think they end up going with, you know, the best corner on the draft at 18 once we get to that point. Now, you could ask me in another half hour, that could change depending on who gets picked, you know, between now and 18. But that, that, that's kind of where I'm leaning with my gut on that one. So, uh, I don't know, do you need me to pick one or can I take three like that? You know what? We're going to put you on the spot in front of the bar. We're, we're simulcast here and stuff. And, uh, yeah, pick one. Go one. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Kyle Fuller from Virginia Tech. Wow. Okay. I, li- I, 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 I did not see that coming. <laughs> Dom, thank you so much for the time. Tell everybody uh, here at the bar and, of course, uh, on our podcast uh, where you write and uh, where they can get you. I'm at uh, nj.com. You can, you can find it at nj.com slash jets. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, Dom Cosentino, Cosentino, D-O-M-C-O-S-E-N-T-I-N-O. So awesome. uh, and, appreciate, and that, uh, appreciate any interest in reading anything I do. So I, I, thank, and, thanks so much. Honestly, Dom, you know, speaking for Cal and I from, from our show, and I know Joe has as well, there's a pick coming in. Let's take this pick. Hang on one sec, Dom. 
Hang on one sec. Okay. Yep. This is the Bucks. Mike Evans. Mike Evans to the Bucks. Oh my! Wow, that is uh, nice, that is nice disappointing. <laughs> There's a guy, Dom, there's a guy, just Cal knows this because we've talked about it on the show. I started talking about Mike Evans in November because my father-in-law went to Texas Tech. So I haven't okay. been here. Uh, and, and, you know, they play A&M and stuff, and he was telling me about, you know, he loves Manziel. And, you know, he watches, oh, yeah. he watches, he watches A&M, he watches Texas Tech, he watches UT. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me about this Mike Evans guy for, as he puts it, my Jeff. Uh, a oh. bunch, of, bunch of times. Great pick. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. And honestly, from Cal and I, keep up the great work. You're doing an awesome job. We really, we really appreciate, appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate, uh, you know, that, that someone's reading. So that, that I appreciate that very much. So. <laughs> we'll catch you back on the <laughs> But uh, Thanks, you, guys, you guys keep up the great work, too, okay? Okay, Tom. All right. All right. Let's, Real quick, let's run down one through seven. Yeah, let's, to catch let's, everybody no, that. let's do so, that. Let's do we started you off. You do it. I, you want me to do it? You, you put me right in the spot. Coming, you're coming with right, So we had Texan Clowney, not a surprise. We have Rams Robinson, not a huge surprise. We had the Jaguars with the first bomb of the night, taking Bortles. Jaguars never surprised anyone. Fortunately, they only play in front of Tarp, so I don't think anyone's going to be too worried down there. <laughs> How do you really feel? I, I just got to be honest about it. I just got to be honest about it. Bill's aggressively moving up to get Sammy Watkins. I'm sure D. Milner is excited about that. Yeah. All Jet fans are excited about that. And then uh, the last few picks we had Raiders Khalil Mack. Uh, Falcons. A, a, it should be mentioned again, a good pick by the a Raiders. A good pick by the Raiders, who we'll see, we'll, uh, see week one. Falcons' Jake Matthews, I think a smart, sensible pick. And uh, now finally Tampa Bay taking Mike Evans at number seven. So now we have Minnesota on the clock, I believe. No, no, the no, Browns, the are, Browns on the are on the clock. There's been another trade. And the Browns now have back-to-back picks. Oh, those wow. Browns. Those sneaky Browns. Like it's draft day all over again. The Browns, the Browns now have the wrap. What was the trade? They have the, the Browns are actually on the clock. They have four and a half minutes left. This is a surprise, too. And now the Browns have what we in fantasy football draft terms call the rap pick, Cal. They've got 15 minutes now to make two picks. They've got 15 minutes to screw up two picks. So Cleveland has taken over the draft. Cleveland, this is officially. I hope that's a good thing. Cleveland is now rocking the draft, officially. Hey, Cleveland, good job out there. So the Browns are on the clock again somehow. The draft is their oyster. What do they do? <laughs> what do they do at this point? They've got two picks. They've got back-to-back picks right now. They can do anything. Could they, t- they could take Manziel here. They could take Manziel here. They could take him at the nine and pay no- Wait. Oh, no. Okay, so here it is, Cal. They traded up to this pick with the Vikings. That means from nine. So they basically just split. So they, that means they want they want. Manziel, I think. You guys think it's Manziel? I think it is. It's got to be Johnny Manziel. I think Minnesota is going to take him, and, and then they trade it over. Outside shot at an Aaron Donald here? Mike Patton on that defense? Man. I agree. I agree. I'd watch out for Donald. Ball. Ball. Yeah, but speaking of a franchise that absolutely needs to excite its fan base, it's the Browns. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I went to school in Ohio, guys. I went to Dayton. I have a lot of friends that are Browns fans. They are like red-hot, super pissed. Right now, like in Pulp Fiction. I mean, they are, or, or I should say Reservoir Dogs, my bad. Um, but they, they, they need something to get excited about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, if they want to take a quarterback and they like Manziel, then this is their shot to go. And their pick is in, so that means they knew exactly yeah, who they, they wanted to exactly be And Cal, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think this lends to it being Johnny Manziel. Now, guys, every draft there is like one guy, one player that is super polarizing. And I think this year it's, 
between Clowney and Johnny Manziel. But Johnny, Johnny Manziel is, is he's unbelievably polarizing. Give me real quick what you guys think the upside is for Johnny Manziel. Honestly, I, I think he's a stud. I think he's Brett Favre in the making. I think he's that good. I look at him and I think that he's a franchise quarterback. And when you when you have a chance to draft a guy like that, and the Browns have been looking for a guy like that since they've moved since they came back to Cleveland, I think Manziel is the guy that you have to take. And his upside is tremendous. I think I think he's that good. Yeah, Cal. They're gonna have to build around him though. Well, he's got it. They have a good starter. Yes. I mean, they have they have an elite, elite, elite wide receiver. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And an elite tight end at this point. And it, that's right. And I would not be surprised if within the next couple rounds they add another wide receiver to the mix. And a very good running back in Ben Tate and a good offensive line with Joe Thomas and Alex Knight. That's right. So, so that seems to be the hole right now is the quarterback. Right. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who walked in Johnny Manziel with an, an elite wide receiver, an elite tight end, and also a wide receiver who I think works really well with, with Manziel does. Okay, he, can, he can improv. I just thought this is going to be a shocker, I'm telling you. Goodell, so. coming up to the podium. Let's get the volume if we can. Thank you so much, guys. Wow! So that is a real... <laughs> wow, does that and, have heavy written all over? And the Browns. And the Browns. Holy cow. So you remember how I told you all my Brown fan friends before the draft were super up and pissed? Guess what? I mean, they, look, I guess you fall in love with the player, Cal? I mean, that has Petten written all over it. Just was a shock. Just think of it's not even the best cornerback in the draft. It's Doc Bernard. So for you to trade back, and then you have a chance to take your franchise quarterback, and you go with a cornerback that needs refinement, like Lamarty, that's that's a reach for me to take him at eight. I don't think he's that good. That's that's a, Nolan. What do you got there? I mean, I, I I feel shocked. Yeah, I mean the the thing I've been hearing the whole time, and, and I'm not a, a a big quarterback expert, but is the big comparison to Camardi. So to me, that's that's some weird thing with Petten here, where he's going to take that guy with the lanky arms, athletic guy, um, and I guess he's going to build his defense the way he did when he was with the Jets. You know. Right. It's going to have a, a, a guy that's going to press on the outside, just be athletic and make plays out there. And I guess this is the guy that they have at the top of their board. But it seems like a guy like – it seems like Patton never learns, though. You have to build – you have to have a semblance of offense to win games. You have to. In today's NFL, you have to. And it starts at the quarterback position. I mean, maybe they love Brian Hoyer. I like Brian Hoyer a lot. I do. I do. I don't know if he's, you know, a quarterback that you're going to win with, but I like Brian Hoyer. You know who I think ends up starting for them? I think Vince Young is going to start for them. Wow. They, they signed him. They, they, they signed him. I think Vince Young ends up being the starter. But Tim is building the Browns very similar to how Rex built the Jets. That, that's it. Ignoring, all, ignoring the offense all together. It's, 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 it's a little off for me. Gilbert, Gilbert to me, is a reach. I, I, I can't. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. You talked about it before. They've got the playmakers on offense, but they don't have anybody to throw the ball to them. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to bring in a call here. You guys know this guy. He must be busting at the seams to get on <laughs> with us. He's one of uh, Turn on the Jets' great writers. It's Connor Rogers. Connor, welcome to the show. Uh, can you hear us, brother? Yeah, I hear you. All right. Welcome aboard, Connor. Great to have you, my man. I know you're uh, – I don't know what you do college. I don't know I what can't believe, I can't believe what just happened. I don't know what Cleveland is thinking right now. 
what do you, what, I mean, they, they traded up one spot with the Vikings after trading out of that spot. Did you think it was Manziel? I did think it was Manziel. I didn't hear that they had a lot of interest before the draft in Manziel, but a lot of these things, you know, are smoke screens, especially today in the final couple of hours. But I don't even think Gilbert is a first-round player. He can't cover anything, you know, uh, any of the short routes. He doesn't tackle. He's very much like a raw Dominique Rogers cromartie I didn't even think he was the top three corner in this draft. A raw Dominique Rogers cromartie is not crazy. And now he's the number eight pick in the draft. Yeah, now he's right. Now he's the number eight overall pick in the draft. The Vikings uh, are on the clock here, boys. Their pick is in, too. Their pick is supposedly in. We may see Goodell uh, so, stepping to the podium in a sec. Go ahead. So obviously the Vikings were not going to take Justin Gilbert. Right, right. So they gave the, they traded the pick to Cleveland, and then they made their pick right away. So what does Minnesota do? Connor, what do you think Minnesota does here? I mean, I had them picking Bridgewater in my mock, but I didn't think Manziel would be on the board. I, I think they're going quarterback here, to be honest with you. I'd be really surprised if it's anything else. Um, it, it's a toss-up right now with the quarterbacks. I'm really in shock, honestly. I'm just happy that Gilbert wasn't on the board when the Jets picked. <laughs> this is this is the moment in the draft where I really wish I had like a JPEG of uh, Jason Bateman from Dodgeball, and just I could run it over and over again. And I feel shocked. Pepper needs new shorts. Hey, Con, do you? I know you're saying it's got to be Manziel. Do you think that there's a chance that Aaron Donald is the pick right now? It could be. I mean, Donald's got top 15 talent, and they want to put sure up that line. So. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they managed to get something by moving back a spot, so they're probably happy. And, I mean, it depends how their board looks, but Donald's definitely up there, and I I know they like him. So if if it's not a quarterback, he's he's definitely a guy that's being mentioned on defense. Definitely wouldn't surprise me at all. Maybe we'll see a surprise here. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they go with somebody like Mosley or somebody with a lot of talent that hasn't been talked about too much in the top ten. But, I mean, I'm really thinking quarterback here. Donald's a great point, though. Here's, here's what I'm loving about this draft, and we're going to have Chris Lepresti from WFAN, who covers the Jets in a couple of minutes as well, uh, coming on. And we are, of course, live at Five Milestone uh, uh, here on the Upper East Side, and the, the beer from Gunnell Brewery is flowing. It's great. It's a great scene in here. Thanks so much, everybody, for coming out. Connor, uh, it's great to finally talk to you, by the way. This is Sam Pete. Um, and I was talking earlier about how it's a great community with you guys and us and, and, and all the Jet fans and stuff. Uh, I, wow, I turned into Rex right there and stuff like <laughs> and all that. that stuff. And all that stuff. Um, this, is, this, is a, this is turning into what I love about the draft, and I, I wonder if you feel the same way. You mock, you do all the stuff, you write all the stuff, and then it just comes and you have no idea what the actual expectation is. And I think it gets to a point, Connor, where the teams start to fool themselves, which is awesome. Like, like it took so long to get to this draft that like they're actually like, oh, I totally fooled this team or that team. I put a smoke screen up, and they're not fooling anybody. And it's just, it's, it's never going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the thing is that people don't realize that teams can prepare months and months for this, but when you have 15 minutes on the clock and you have to decide, you're on the phone, working the phone, trying to move back, trying to move up. I mean, look at tonight. You could, I don't put trades in my mock because they're impossible to predict, but they always happen. And you look at what the Bills did tonight. Does anyone really think the Bills are one wide receiver away from a Super Bowl? Sammy Watkins might be fantastic. And you know what? It's hard to judge a trade like that right now. But just realize that they gave up this year's first-round pick and next year's first-round pick and next year's fourth-round pick. That's a lot to give up for one guy. 
So we've seen it with the Falcons, and it didn't work. We're going to see with the Bills, and we're going to find out if it's going to work. But it's, it's really interesting the way it's playing out. That's yeah. a lot to give up for one guy when you're playing in the AFC East, too, and you're not assured of having a, a low pick next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Patriots still play in your division. It's not necessarily guaranteed that you're going to be able to make a leap. You're hoping it's an improved I mean, you're, team. You're talking about a team that finished in last place in the AFC East, and they were picking ninth overall. Like, they could have just traded two top ten picks yeah. and, and another pick at the top 100. Exactly. Okay, the pick is in for Minnesota. And Goodell is heading to the podium for Minnesota. Anthony Barr. Wow. Wow. So Anthony Barr here. Wow. I guess we know why they didn't bring Jared Allen back now. There you go. Well done. That's a, that's a very surprising pick as well, It's a guys. boomer bust. Sure. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Zimmer went with Anthony Barr. That, that's shocking to me when Donald is, is a much better player right now and a much better prospect. For them to go Anthony Barr is, is shocking to me, especially for Mike Zimmer. I feel like I, I like Anthony Barr. I think a lot more than some people do. Not that my opinion matters, but I know I, I, I like the guy a little bit more than most people do. Nolan, what do you think? Do you do you, do you like him? Is he, is he as boomer boss as he seems? I think he's a little boomer boss. I, I like him as a as a pure. I like him in that in that three point stance. If he's going to be as a, as a pure DN in Zimmer's defense, I like the move. And to me, this maybe means that Mike Zimmer really likes Sharif Floyd. Their pick from last year, um, a guy who went a lot lower than we thought he would, but maybe he likes him in there and, and didn't want to take Donald here. If it's me, I'm taking Donald because I think he's one of the top guys in this draft, and I think he's an absolute piece. But, but for me, if, if, if he thinks Sharif Floyd is the guy there, far is a good move to show up that pass rush. Fellas, the Detroit pick is already in. So now that's a couple of picks in a row we've seen. The teams have made their pick right away. It's a little unusual for guys to know exactly who they want at yeah, this stage of the draft, right? Yes, absolutely. And it seems like the Lions are, like, sprinting. I think the pick might be Ebron. I think Ebron might go here. Oh, that's a really I think Ebron might go here because they, they signed Golden State. They yeah. have Calvin Johnson. Pettigrew's gone. Pettigrew's gone. You, yeah. you, you bring in Ebron, who's, a, again, right. I said it before, missed last night. But Getting out back at the podium. That was quick. Sprinting. <laughs> Barry, they selected Barry Sanders. Barry, they took Barry Sanders again. It's right. Can they do that? It's a great pick. Barry Sanders is making the pick. They have to lower the microphone a lot. Come on, Barry. You couldn't get him like an egg carton? That's a promo. All right, so uh, right now Barry Sanders is going to announce his line pick, and he's also doing a uh, very – oh, here it is. Oh, there's Ebron. There's Ebron. Wow. Oh, off. Great call. So Eric Ebron goes to the Lions. This is a great pick. And by the way, we couldn't get him no pardon <laughs> or something for Barry Sanders to stand up. Just to elevate him a little bit. Apple crane. He's a Hall of Famer for crying out loud. <laughs> So here's the thing with Ebron. You you put him with Golden State and Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford and Reggie Bush. You're talking about an offense that's going to put up points in that division. That's right. They still can't stop anybody. They still can't stop anybody. I'm the York fans are unhappy right now. Gosh, that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, on both sides. Both sides, yeah. Both sides. The Jets and Giants fans are upset with this pick. 
I watched a lot of tape on Ebron because I was hopeful the Jets would get him. Um, you know, early on, you know, once it became apparent that Ebron wasn't going to be available, I sort of stopped. But I liked what I saw on the tape from him, Cal. No, Ebron is great. He's going to be a great pro right away, I think. You know, the other night you guys on Turn on the Jets, you had Anthony Becht on, which was great, on your podcast. And Anthony Becht broke it down really, really well. Um, you know, Connor, you guys had Becht on the other night, Connor, and, and he talked about Ebron. Tell us a little bit about what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, Ebron just... You know what it is with Ebron is a lot of people think he can't block, but the problem is he just goes for the kill shot. And when a coach at the pros teaches him to put his hands on someone, he's a perfectly capable in-line blocker. And when you look at this guy, instantly you think Vernon Davis on tape. He lines up in the slot. He lines up in-line. He blows the top of the defense for a tight end. That's a very unique skill. He makes a spectacular catch. You know, some drops here and there, but definitely the clear-cut, uh, clear-cut best tight end in the draft. When you see guys like Jimmy Graham, in the league now, this is what the teams are looking for, these really hybrid tight ends, these fast guys that line up out wide. And This is a great add to the Lions. I mean, you know, honestly, their offense is going to be looking really scary. I don't know what, how they're going to look on defense, but they got a lot of options in the passing attack right now. Let's welcome Joe Cap back into the podcast. Joe, the, Texas, or the Titans are on the clock. They have about four and a half minutes left. The Ebron pick here, I know you're disappointed. A little disappointed. How are you doing, Connor? Good to talk to you. <laughs> Try to pull your stuff uh. together. Heartbroken. We're going to go to Chris Lepresti in just a minute. Chris Lepresti, of course, the beat writer for the New York Jets uh, for WFAN.com. And, of course, Hilo from uh, the Boomer and Carton radio program. So, Chris, we're going to be with you in just a sec. I just want Joe to speak a little bit about Anthony Beck on your podcast the other night, on the TOJ podcast, and what he had to say about Ebron as well. What well, I thought was interesting about Beck is that he was very high on Spar and Jenkins, and he said yeah. he kind of projected him to be the most complete and best overall tight end in this draft. He didn't seem quite as high on Ebron as you know I was, and I think you know I think you were as well, Connor. I don't know if you were quite as high on ASJ, but for some you know Beck seemed very into him, even being like a first round value for the Jets at eighteen. Yeah, I didn't even have ASJ in my top five to be honest with you. I thought he was like six, seven. I, I'm not a fan at all, but. Who knows? I mean, Beck might know more than me, but I don't think so. <laughs> you have to remember about Beck, too. Is he's, he's a little biased as, uh, you know, he's a pure blocking fight end. So he's yeah, he likes, the guys that, he likes the guys that can block, and that's all ASJ did this, this year, so that's probably why I liked him. The other thing about Ebron that he kind of gives them now is a lot of versatility in their personnel on offense. Yeah. I mean, now you they're got... Gonna line, they're going to line up four wide. They're going to work, they can line up full wide with, with Ebron there, but they can also line up in two tight end sets with, with Ebron in as an H-back and Pettigrew in a tight end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like a lot of flexibility on offense oh, and, and a lot of packages. It's fun. And Matthew Stafford getting another weapon for Matthew Stafford. Without this is what you do with your franchise quarterback. You surround him with weapons. All right. Unless you're the Jets. Unless you're the New York sure. Jets. Okay, we'll get... Connor, why do you got to upset me so much? Okay, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to jump to our, our old friend, Chris Lepresti. He's the WFAN.com uh, uh, beat reporter for the New York Jets. He also does the updates on FAN. Uh, he is actually in Florida, I, I believe. I believe so, yeah. Waiting, as he put it, for the puff-up white smoke to come up <laughs> from the draft. Let's welcome back to our program and to your program, uh, Chris Lepresti from WFAN. Chris, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you guys. What's going on? Sounds like you're having a blast over there. What's up, Chris? Thanks for taking the time, buddy. Listen, let me get this out of the way. I'm glad your little team scored a goal. Oh. Yeah, well, oh, you need to score a lot more than one goal. Well, put that on yourself, all right? 
<laughs> at least we gave the Penguins a series. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It would be nice if Rick Nash remembered how to... Anyway, uh, it is, it's great to have you, Chris. Thank you for taking a couple minutes. I got Joe Cap here with me, uh, uh, Nolan, and, of course, Cal. Of course, Cal? Are you now officially of course, Cal? Chris, what's the... Are you at Florham Park? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I just stepped outside. We're all hanging out, watching on TV, pretty much the way everyone else is. So uh, we're we're bunkered down here in the media room and uh, following along on Twitter and following along on TV. So it's always fun and uh, kind of just watching the clock and waiting for the Jets to get on the board at 18, unless uh, of course they decide to trade up here in the next couple of picks. Chris, with how the board's broken so far, best guess for you, and give us one player. Who do you think the guy is at 18 for the Jets? Yeah, I, you know, I tweeted this earlier. I've been on the Brandon Cooks bus for a while now. But, um, I, you know, I know that Darquez Denard is a name everyone's been interested in. Everyone wasn't quite sure where he was going to slot in this first round. So, uh, I mean, I think right now the Jets have to be pretty pleased with the way the board is, is playing out. I mean, obviously to see Sammy Watkins end up in Buffalo is a bit of a blow. But, um I mean, to me, there's still a bunch of names that we've all been talking about for weeks that are there. So uh, if, it, if it comes to 18 and Denard's still on the board, I really wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. I know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of high on Cook. Others are high on Odell Beckham. But uh, if Denard's still sitting there at 18, you know, with the Bills making some additions to their wide receiving core, I, I think that'll be tough to ignore. As We know the Jets have a bit of a hole opposite Dean Milner at the moment in terms of another starting corner. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely, Chris. What's the... Uh... We're going to have a pick coming in, and then Cal has a question for you. The Titans are on the clock, and the, the pick better be in because the Titans just ran out of time. So uh, we're, we're going to take this pick here in the bar. Uh, Roger Goodell really taking his time. I mean, just. It's, uh, it's not a saunter. It's, it's really ridiculous. Uh, and, and, of course, the Giants are going to be on the clock too, Chris. So if you can, hang out for a minute um, uh, because we have a lot of Giant fans here at the bar. But um, – what is the feel, real quick, what is the feel right now with the beat reporters? Are you guys, uh, you know, is it, is it uh, collegial there? Is it everybody doing their own thing? Or is it like a sort of beat reporter party there? Yeah, a party might be a little strong. But, no, it's very cordial. Everyone's hanging out, you know, feet are up and uh, got the laptops in front of us. Some are doing a little bit of writing. But we're all following along, talking about the picks, trying to figure out what's going to happen what the Jets might do, what some of the other teams are doing. So it's not like we're all kind of sequestered off on our own little spot. Everyone's watching together, and uh, it's, it's nice. It's relaxing. It's a good time. It's a long night, as you guys know, but uh, we're, we're making the most of it. Chris, we've seen some unexpected things in this draft so far. What's the most surprising thing you've seen at this point? Yeah, I think I have to say Blake Board was going at number three. It uh, wasn't something that I, that I saw or heard from anyone really leading up to the draft. No. But I mean, that's, that's why it's must-watch TV every year. I've been watching since I was a little kid. It's, it's gotten better and better each year with, yeah. you know, Twitter, social media, you know, smoke screens being put out there. It, it's hard to predict, and I, that was definitely the most surprising for me so far. Yep, we, got the Titan, we got the Titan selection. And the Giant fans in the building are not happy. And the Giant fans, <laughs> Lewin, uh, so the Titans select Taylor Lewin, the offensive tackle out of Michigan. Very good pick for the Titans, guys. I think that's a really good pick, and Every Giant fan in the place just sort of hung his head a little bit uh, because I think a lot of them wanted to see him fall to their pick. They are actually on the clock. The Giants are now on the clock. New York's other team on the clock. 
Yo, the Giants should still be in pretty good shape, though, because you got Zach Martin or Martin still out there from uh, from Notre Dame, right? So I mean, that's I know maybe not the guy that uh, the Giants fans were looking at, but from everything I've heard, a versatile guy that can play a number of different spots along the O line. So I think it broke pretty well for them, all things considered. Yo, do you think that's the pick for the Giants here? Let's let's use you as the Giant beat reporter that <laughs> that you you're not, but you but you know you grew up a Giant fan or whatever. I'm sure you follow them still. Do do you yeah. think that? The Giant, where did the Giants go here? Well, I mean, they've been, I've been hearing a lot about the offensive line. It's, we know that the old guard has kind of been pushed out and guys that have become ineffective over the course of the last couple of years, they've had a hard time protecting Eli. So, uh, you know, from following along with some of the Giant beat guys, it, it, that's a pick that would make sense for me. I know they went O-line last year in the first round with Justin Pugh, who looks like a solid player. So, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't know if they want to go receiver here. I, I still think it would be a little high to go after a guy like Odell Beckham. Maybe I'm crazy. But right. uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that they were looking at an offensive tackle, and I think this broke broke pretty well for them where they can get their hands on a guy like Martin. We'll see what happens. Joe, we got a lot of Giant fans here, so we're going to take a little informal poll. Hey, Giant fans! Giant fans, I see a guy in a cruise jersey over here. Giants fans. Come on over here. Who do you want? You think O-line here? You think Zach Martin right here? Okay, so that's one vote for Zach Martin. All right. Yeah, I think Zach Martin's a really safe pick here, guys. The Giants could do a lot of things, though. I know for a fact, a little inside dope that I have, that uh, uh, a little birdie told me that Odell Beckham and his boy and his boy Ruben Randall uh, started talking a little bit about... Yeah, and of course Odell Beckham went to high school with uh, Eli Manning. True, very true. Eli Manning's high school. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of a connection there. I would be really surprised, though, Cal. Would you not if they went wide receiver here? I wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't? No. I could see you them taking losing, here. losing Knicks, and and you think they, they could? Okay. That would be an interesting. That would be an interesting uh, pick for the Giants because that's a guy that the Jets and Jet fans covet as well in Odell Beckham. You could kind of. We don't have that situation a lot anymore where the, the Giants sort of take the guy the Jets want. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be a bad pick. I think the Giants got to go O-line here, though, Cal. I really do. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either pick. You go O-line, you go Beckham. Either one's going to be a good pick. No. There are a bunch of Giant fans there. A really good Giant fan just walked in. His name's Joe Gordon. Joe's uh, over there. He's an excellent Giant fan. I don't, I, if we can get him over here. Any Giant fan want to hop on and give him what they want? Hey, Joe, where are you? Joe Gordon, where are you? Where'd he go? Hey, Jeff. Jeff. What's the pick here, Jeff? I'm going to bring in my buddy, Jeff Bellissimo. He's no stranger to the RTU, I might add. He's a huge Giant fan. Jeff, jump on, jump on over here with Jeff. The Giants have about four minutes left on the clock, Jeff. And, uh, and here they go. Hey, brother. How's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. Keep that mic real close to you because it's real loud in here. First time, long time. <laughs> First time. Are you all excited to see the Giants against Blake Bortles now? Uh, but it says right on my calendar. Does that change your job? That, is, road trip? that actually is the road trip now because we can get to Florida State and we get to win against Portals. That's a nice weekend. That's a nice weekend. Thanksgiving weekend. That's nice. Jeff goes, Jeff goes every year with his boys for one giant road trip. He goes and sees them on the road. Nice. And they were kicking around the Jacksonville game this year because it's a beautiful city of Jacksonville. It's Thanksgiving weekend and Florida State plays Florida Saturday night. Ooh, I like so you that. You from one to the other. I'm sold on that. Another giant that fan changes here? everything. So, Jeff, Jeff, where do you go here, Jeff? What do you like? I would actually like to kick him. 
I would actually like the guy from Pittsburgh, but they're going to end up taking the, office, the Notre Dame offensive lineman. You think Zach Martin's the pick here? I would just, I would just take Manziel and dangle him all preseason. Trey, do you like the Texans? The pick is in here for the Giants. Trey, do you like the Texans? Be in there. It's like, oh, I looked at their roster. Did you see those quarterbacks on Texans roster right now? I don't. They're going to end up taking Bridgewater. They, they have to take somebody. Tyler Yates, is he not still there? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. So the, and they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the illustrious Harvard Yard. <laughs> uh, Chris, thanks for hanging out. I, I know we still have you on the line. I really do appreciate it. The pick is supposedly in for the Giants. Gut feeling. Hey, guys. Exactly. Guys, I can give you the pick if you want it. Do you want me to play spoiler here? Hey, little spoiler alert. Let's do it. What do you got? The Giants have selected Odell Beckham Jr. out of LSU. So there you go. They went wide receiver. The Giants have selected Odell Beckham Jr. We got the we got the scoop from Chris Lepresti right now on the line from WFAN.com. Chris, thanks so much, man. No they problem, guys. Odell Beckham Jr. Chris, what do you think about this pick? Well, I mean, like I said, I thought the safer pick would have been to go O-line, but, you know, you lose to Keem Nicks. Uh, Victor Cruz had some injury issues last year. Ruben Randall has shown some flashes of being a productive player, but uh, maybe not that consistent, reliable threat that they that they're looking for just yet. So you, you know, you pair him with those two guys that are already on the roster. Um, you know, I, I I think that it's it's a solid group. Eli Manning needs to needs to obviously have a bounce back season. So Jarrell Jernigan showed some showed some flashes down the stretch of last year. Uh, so you know, it's look they're looking to add some offensive playmakers. That was a big issue last year. And, uh, you know, I, it's hard to knock the pick. I thought maybe it was a little early for him. But unless you're in the war rooms with these teams and you know what their board looks like, it's everything. everyone else is just pretty much guessing. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out for the Giants. But certainly uh, an explosive guy to add to that offense. Thank you so much for, for doing that, Chris. And, and uh, you know, it's not like we're on WFAN or anything. So you're, you're okay and uh, with breaking it. But this is a fascinating pick, I think, too. You, you mixed in the Ruben Randall connection, too. He's got a built-in buddy already on the team. Um, I, I think that's great for Eli. They're, you know, they can be quick chemistry. Here comes Goodell. Here comes uh, Goodell. For, but we know the pick, guys. We know the pick. Because our man, Chris Presti broke it. Here we go. Goodell making it official. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> there it is. Who's from the Giant fan? So, booze from the Giant fans here, Chris. Some, uh, we are simulcasting here, Chris, but it's a little kind of chatter going on and stuff. But my phone just lit up like a Christmas tree about that. Um, are Giant fans not happy about this? Did they all want off of the linemen? I think they did. I like these Giants fans. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> fans can't get excited about a wide receiver. Chris, what do you think this means for the Jets now? Do you think that they had Beckham High on their board? And do you think that they readjust for another receiver here? Does this bring Brandon Cooks into play? Yeah, I mean, I think they were – I'm sure they had some interest in, in Beckham. I think they did plenty of work on him. But, again, I still think that the board at the moment is shaping up pretty well for the Jets in, in terms of guys that we thought, thought would make some sense to them 18 still being there, whether it's Cooks, whether it's Denard, whether it's Fuller out of Virginia Tech, even Marquise Lee I know that they did extensive work on. So there's still four names there, and we're at, what, number 13 on the clock right now. So uh, if I'm John Nippick and company, I'm not getting antsy just yet. People had asked me leading up to the draft the last couple of weeks if I thought they would trade up, and I said the only way I could see them trading up was maybe a couple spots ahead if there was someone that fell that they really liked or if they felt that uh, 
the guys that they had their eyes on were starting to dry up. So I didn't look. I wasn't looking for them to trade up into the top ten or even the the early part of the double digits. Uh, but if the next couple of picks, if some of the guys that they have their their eyes on go off the board, you know, I wouldn't rule out them moving up a couple of slots to get their hands on who they want. But I think they're in pretty good shape at the moment. With with uh, with Ebron off the board, do you think they go with their tight end tomorrow? Yeah, either tomorrow or on Saturday. Again, it's hard to know by the time they pick in round number two how you know how the board's going to look. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't rule them out trading up even into the back end of round one or the early part of round two. Again, if there's someone that they that they really have interest in, we know they have a ton of picks, so they have some versatility. They can move around if they want. I didn't expect them to make many moves up in uh, any moves really up in the first round, just because I thought that the. Uh, the price would be a little bit too steep, but I think they can get creative now going forward tomorrow and Saturday. So whether it's Jay tomorrow, if it's ASJ, if it's uh, the kid from Notre Dame, the kid from Iowa, uh, there's some other pass-catching tight ends in this draft, and uh, I'm sure the Jets will, will be looking to assess that need at some point throughout the next couple of days. Yeah, and honestly, I like all of those guys. I mean, all those tight ends that you just mentioned, if they can take in round two, round even round three, they have four, uh, uh, three fourth-round picks so they can maybe move up into the third round to get one of those guys if they like. I like Jason Morrow a lot. Again, the Texas Tech connection with my father-in-law. Um, but, you know, I like all of those guys. If they wound up with ASJ, or I would be ecstatic, especially if they do take a receiver here, because I, I feel like those are the strong needs. Let me, I want to throw it out. Uh, Chris, hang out one second if you can. I want to throw it out to my sure. buddy Jess here, who, who is uh, our resident Giant fan on the mic, and just get – he hooted like a, a girl, like a, like, a, like a 13-year-old girl-ish, uh, the screech that came over your areas. No, but honestly, Jeff, we talk about the Giants all the time. We talk about Jerry Reese's drafting strategy, what he does. Give me your take on this pick. I think Reese has sort of differentiated himself a bit from Acorsi, who used to always go offensive, defensive line. I mean, I like the pick just because you want more toys. I don't know that it was the smartest pick. Um, I, I, I like you and I have talked a lot about this being a make or break year for Jerry Reese, Jeff. Like, is this a splash? Yeah, Giants, Giants franchise, you know, he's not on the hot seat. It's not like he's in a position where I think they're going to let him go. You don't uh, think you don't think if they don't make the playoffs again this year, he's not on the hot seat? I think Benny's on the hot seat, and then he has another year. So he's not officially on the hot, but he's hovering over it. I, I think this is the, <laughs> this is the least depth Giants have had in five or six years. So you have to attribute that to the GM. Again, you think that by, you add a lot of depth by drafting on the line. I'm surprised by the pick, but, you know, it's exciting to see somebody who, right. especially as a Giant fan, you read a lot about Odell Beckham from the Jet fans, so you sort of knew who he was, sort of heard what, you know, the speed story is going to add this element to the offense, so you're excited to add another weapon, but was it the best play? Was it the, the best value play? I mean, everyone kept saying he'd rather trade down, but it seems like no, there's no takers. Right. Nobody wants to move up. Nobody appears to want Manziel. Brown. I mean, <laughs> so you don't see anybody looking for any of these quarterbacks. Nobody's going after the deep tackle from Pitt. You right. expected to see people trying to come up, and you're not doing yeah. There are a lot of teams behind. Thanks, Jeff. There are a lot of teams behind that are very excited. Chris uh, Lepresti, <laughs> bring you back in. Sorry to use your full name like at school, but like uh, there, there are a lot of teams that are Cal. I think there's a lot of teams excited about the guys that are still on the board, like Donald, like Denard, you know, the, the Jets included. I think the Bears are excited right now that they may have a chance. They could even trade up two or three players to get their guy. We knew this was a deep draft, and it's really playing out that way because there's a lot of good talent on the board right now. I mean, who's, right now, 
The Rams are on the clock. Their pick is in, so we're waiting for Goodell to go into the podium. Do we have a confirmation on that? Uh, Lock and Four is reporting that. Yeah. Okay, so an early confirmation on this pick, that speculation, not official, is saying Donald right here to the Rams. So, uh, and this is a guy that I know my Bears fan friends covet deeply in Donald. Um, a tremendous player, Cal, shot off the board. He sure is. And, then, you know, there's been a lot of backlash against those that have been spoiling draft picks in the last couple of years. So now here we are. <laughs> and we're doing it. We took ESPN to task. Yeah, Unbelievably we, so. We're yeah, showing yeah. guys in the green room. Let's not do that anymore. Let's not spoil it. That's all right. It was cool to spoil the Giants picture. i got to be honest. We had to spoil that the Giants awesome. Chris, the Presley, thank you so much. That was awesome. Um, so real quick, we're going to let you run because we know you have a lot of work to do, Chris, and thank you for hanging out so long. And once again, you can check out Chris's work on WFAN.com. He's the beat reporter for the Jets. He also still occasionally does the updates. Uh, you're doing updates a lot more now, Chris. Nice work. Yeah, yeah, mix and match. I don't get uh, I don't hit, hit up the morning guys as much as I used to, but uh, yeah, kind of jack of all trades. I bounce around to different shows and different time slots when I'm not doing jet stuff. Yeah, and you you also the, the Sid Rosenberg stuff was very interesting over the holidays. Very interesting. Are you yeah, guys? Yeah, still- Sid and I had a good time. He he came and he hosted a bunch of shows over the holidays, so uh, yeah. we got to hang out for a while, get to know each other, and I've actually uh, hopped on his show down in Florida a couple times since then. So. Uh, oh. He's a, he's a fun guy to be around. Very, a lot of energy, a lot of passion, so uh, he does a nice hey, job. He is, he is what Sports Talk Radio is all about. You love him, you hate him, but you listen. Exactly. I mean, he is, he is, he is exactly that. And uh, I thought at some point, you know, you, he was going to wind up, like, christening your kid or something. I mean, you guys were getting very close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have kids yet. Maybe someday. We'll see, see if he plays his cards right. So before we let you run, Chris, uh, I know Cal has one more question for you, and then I do. Cal, Cal, Cal just took a, a, a long look at me and said, I don't. You have the question. The question is this, Chris. We're going to put the screws to you. Who do the Jets take right now? They're picking in five picks. What does your gut tell you this team picks? Give me one guy. Yeah. Well, if I mean, again, my, the Cooks has been my guy, but uh, if, I'm, if I'm trying to think along with the Jets here, and you guys are telling me Donald is going to St. Louis here, so now we're at 14, 15. So they got four more guys to go if they stick at 18. If Denard's still there, I think he's the guy. Um, it makes sense from a Rex Ryan standpoint. It's an obvious need on their defense. Uh, I think you slot him right in there opposite Milner. It's a guy who is a physical, in-your-face corner. We know he can play man-to-man, or at least he showed the ability to do that in college. So uh, I think that shores up a, a big need on the defensive side. We know that was a big issue last year. Jets gave up a lot of big plays in the passing game. Uh, yep. So you hope Milner continues to develop the way he, we saw him do late in the regular season, uh, and then you throw another talented first-rounder out there opposite him. We know this this draft is deep at wide receiver, so I think they'll be able to address that need later on. This is all no. assuming that Denard is still there at 18. Yep, I think you're absolutely right, and I would not be surprised if he's there at, like, 16 if they just tried to jump up two to get him. I really yeah, that's not. certainly a possibility. I mean, we saw the, we saw, uh, the Browns go from nine to eight, uh, to get so, their hands on Justin Gilbert, and they only they, they they swapped one, and they gave up a fifth later on. So the price shouldn't be too steep if they're going to move up just a couple of spots here. Yeah, exactly. And they have 12 picks. I mean, they do have 12 picks. There's no way they're selecting 12 players. You know, I so, agree. The thing to keep in mind with the comp picks, the, the compensatory picks, is those can't be traded. But certainly they can trade their other picks throughout the throughout the rounds. And I agree. I don't see them drafting 12 guys either. So at some point they're going to make some moves to get into position to get their hands on a couple of guys that they maybe they had highlighted. So we'll see if it's going to be, 
here uh, in the next couple of minutes or if we're going to have to wait for tomorrow or Saturday to see that happen. Yeah, and I, and I think, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head in, in the sense that John Nistic has talked over and over again about having flexibility and about having the ability to move up, move down, move where he wants to go. And that's what those 12 pricks provide. I know they can't trade four of them, but that's what those 12 pricks uh, provide. You know, the, the ability to move up two spots if you want to. I don't see him making a huge move either. Obviously, you know, we're, we're at pick 14, but still. Uh, and if, by the way, Chris, that, that pick is official. So it is Aaron Donald to so the Rams at 13. The Bears are on the clock at 14, and the pick is in. So we're going to go grab that in a second. But I totally agree with you. It's Denard. And, uh, Chris, thank you so much for taking a couple minutes with us. We read your stuff at WF, WFAN.com. We will absolutely look out for you on, uh, on, on, the, uh, you know, on FAN as both an update guy and, and helping out with the morning show and stuff. You do a fantastic job, brother. Keep it up. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the night, all right? We absolutely will. Take care, Chris. All right. So that was, that was Chris LaCresti once again, WFAN.com. He's been on our podcast. He's been on your podcast. The kid is good. He's making the rest. That kid is good, though. Definitely. Guys, real quick, what do you think of the Donald pick? And the Bears are on the clock, and the pick is in. So give me your quick takes on the, uh, on the, on the Donald pick, Dolph. Uh, I love I love the Donald pick. I think I think it's great value. I I'm I'm intrigued to see how how it's all going to work with 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 all those other pieces on the defense. And for the for the Bears, I think it's CJ Mosley. I think you you draft him to replace right. Ryan Urlacher. Right. I think he's the guy in the middle, and I think he fortifies that defense. I have a, a number. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I think the other idea there could be Denard over Mosley. Um, they they definitely need a cornerback. Yeah. Um, they're aging at that position, and I think um, you know he's the best left on the board. I have, I have a number of Bears fans, a number of really good Bears fans, and you have Bears fans? I have a Bears fans. Oh. Thank you, Cal. <laughs> I have Bears fans. Oh, I collect we them. We collect them. Collect them all, Cal. I have a number of Bears fans friends, and they feel like taking a corner is sort of not in the GM's MO. So I, I, I would be surprised if that is the pick. But, and I think my Bears fan friend, which is not easy to say, <laughs> uh, would, would be too. I think they would probably want Mosley here. If they take Denard here, how disappointed are Jets fans right now? This uh, is shades of last year when Tavon Austin went right before I wanted them and the Jets took Milner. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, it'll definitely be a disappointment. Um, it's obviously a big position need for the Jets as well. Um, but I think, you know, you still got Kyle Fuller on the board, if that's the case. You still have a few other players. You know, Cooks is still on the board. Lee's still there. I think there's a lot of picks that Jets fans will be happy with. Um, but well, are no, 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 no. Go back. Go okay, back. not a lot of Jets fans. Jets fans there are never food. going to be happy with a pick. <laughs> ever. Fair. You just, I mean, there will be. No, I, 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 I happen to be a disciple of Idzik. And I believe they knew who they wanted coming into this draft. They knew who they wanted coming in, yep. and if the guy is available for them at 18, they'll take him. If they sense that that guy's going to go, and they're in that range right now from 15 to 18, they're going to make a trade and move up and get that guy. So I think if they're worried that Denard's going to go, well, the pick is in. But Yeah, the pick is coming in. We're going to take this, oh, this call real quick in. because this is one of those Bears fans that I collect. <laughs> this is our buddy Big O.D. Uh, Bry, what's up? What are you feeling? Are you okay? Uh, I gotta be honest. I've been I've been listening to the show the whole time, and 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 spoiling the Aaron Donald pick really just kind of gave me an extra couple minutes of depression. Oh, I mean, so I'm I'm not I'm oh, not perfect. ready for Calvin Pryor at 14. I, I have a feeling it's Calvin Pryor. 
McShay says that they love him more than Clinton Dix. I like Clinton Dix. When I see Pryor, I just see a guy who likes to hit people. I think he's like Brandon Merriweather reincarnated. So you, so if the pick is Pryor here, you would not like that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Pryor. I, I would prefer Clinton Dix or, or um, the linebacker from Alabama, Mosley. I, I just, I don't, I don't like Pryor. How do you, how do you feel about Fuller? Uh, you say Fuller? Fuller. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that he's. Yeah, he's a good tackler, and I, I think that he's all right. But I, you know, I was telling you earlier, I think he's a little bit stiff in the hips. Like, I really don't think they need another corner. I mean, Charles Tillman's back, and I know he, he deals with injuries all the time, and Tim Jennings is a pro bowler. But they have depth at corner. I mean, they're old at corner, but they have depth. Like, if you're talking about a need pick right now, they need a safety. All right, the pick is up, Brian. We're going to go live to it. Hang on. Stay on the line. The Chicago Bears select Kyle Fuller, cornerback out of Vatek. Bry, give me your gut, quick. Uh, he's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, less, I'm, less, I'm less annoyed than if they had taken Fryer. That was a McShay exasperated that was, sigh, that wasn't was, it? That was very Todd McShay, who is exasperated by the draft. No, no, tell me yeah. tell me. If- like this pick. No, honestly, Brian, you know a lot about it. You've watched film and stuff. Tell me about Fuller. What do you think of him for your team? Uh, you know, I, I thought he was he was very good in terms of his, you know, ability to stop the run. I thought in some of the games, particularly against Alabama, I thought he really struggled in coverage. And I know, of course, ESPN shows him knocking down a pass, but they don't show him like, getting burned by Amari Cooper like five times. Right, right. They left that one out. I, 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 I mean, it's I, all right. Are you surprised at this pick? You, you don't sound quite downtrodden, but you sound disappointed. Is, are you still feeling the effect of Donald not being there? Uh, let me put it this way. If, <laughs> the fact that I didn't get Donald, if, if I can get one of the D tackles like Jernigan in the second round, I'll be very happy. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You, you're very composed. I'm really proud of you. I really, uh, a, cu- a couple minutes ago, I was not composed. The, the, Donald, the Donald spoiler really hurt my feelings. Just a couple minutes to, uh, to deal with That's it. That's right. We actually helped you out by spoiling that check. <laughs> That's true. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Brian, we're going we're gonna to jump off. The Steelers are on the clock. The pick is in. But thanks for taking a couple minutes with us, brother, and uh, enjoy the rest of the draft. You too. Bye. All right. That was uh, our buddy Big O.D. I work with Brian. Yes. He's a, fa- he's a big Mets fan, by the way, too. The Mets and a Bears fan. Huge Mets. Yeah, he's from New York. Okay. Just grew up loving the Bears. Why not? And loves the Bears. Loves the Bears. I feel Bears like, fans are awesome. I feel like that's how Bears fans yeah, are. Yeah, Bears fans. We have another, of course, Craig the Bears fan. Sure. Our buddy Craig, who couldn't be here tonight. Had a family issue. He's all right. This is a crazy, uh, just getting back to the draft real quick. The Steelers are picking 15. Yeah, How you don't see that, that a lot. Yep, it's it's the Steelers and then the Cowboys, and the Jets pick is of course coming up. We should just reset the stage. We're here at Five Mile Stone, on the Upper East Side. People seem to be having a good time. Uh, you know, it really. Thanks so much for everybody who came down. Thank you, of course, to Jay again for doing the sound. You complete me, and again, that's not a. It doesn't have to be that way. There it is. Ba-da-da-da-da. Uh, so the Steelers are on the clock. 
The producer PJ, who's uh, running the board back home. Guys, what do you think here? Where do the Steelers go? Interesting team for them to be at 15. Oh, here they go. Here's the pick. Here's the pick. Sorry, Dom. Okay. Ryan Shazier, the outside linebacker from the Ohio State. Well, we can't say that anymore because Dayton beat them. So it's just Ohio State University, by the way. All right, guys, what do you make of this pick here? This is, is this a reach? Oh, here comes our Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's an absolute reach. You, you're talking about with C.J. Mosley still on the board. You have Darkwood Denard still on the board. You have, there's so much other talent that, I mean, granted, I, I, I like, I like Shazir. I think he's, he's a very good, a very good outside linebacker. Yeah, not this high. But not, not at 15. Not at 15. We're it's, gonna, it's a reach. We're going to bring in a Steelers fan here who's... Oh, this should be good. ...whose cousin actually played for the Steelers. Nice, okay. And that's why he says, tell everybody your name. Hi, Kevin. Hi, hi, everybody. What's your last hi, name? Olsavsky. Olsavsky. You may remember his cousin who played for the Steelers. Remember, uh, Kev, uh, thanks for joining us. Huge Steelers fan, obviously, because you're cousin stuff. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I am floored. I feel shocked. I, uh, I don't know how to handle this right now. Um, well, we're going to talk it out. We're here for you. You're in a safe place. He was so happy with the Bears pick he like two minutes ago. I know, because he thought he was getting Moses. Yeah. Well, I actually thought I was getting Denard. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, big physical, physical quarterback. You know, Ike Taylor's 34. William Gay is playing pretty well, underrated. But I figured his opportunity bringing the guy from Michigan State. And then go to Ohio State. Yeah. And, I mean, there too. Yeah, no, it's it's a very interesting pick for the for the Steelers. I don't think it's a huge reach. I mean, he's a he's a very nice player, but I think you had bigger needs, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, it's true. I mean, especially an inside linebacker. I mean, normally you're you're depending on that that pass rush from outside linebacker with the Steelers. But I, I'm just floored right now. I'm, I'm not sure how to react. Aren't we always taught to trust the Steelers though? That we know what they're doing. It's very true. It's very true. I mean, normally do you see them trading up? I think last time I can remember when they traded up, it was for Troy Palomalu. That's worked out pretty well for not them. Bad. Not yeah, bad. Not bad. You can't complain. But it's, uh, it's going to take a little bit of adjusting. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad we were here for you. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for coming down, Kev. Honestly. Absolutely. Appreciate Absolutely, guys. It. All right, listen, the Cowboys are on the clock. And Johnny, Johnny football is still there. And now the chant of Johnny goes up. Joe, what do you think? To me, it makes absolutely no sense at all. Tony Romo's a great quarterback. He has a huge guaranteed contract. But I will say, Connor, our lead NFL draft writer, he texted me one thing today. He said, I guarantee the Cowboys leave today with Johnny Manziel. He guaranteed it? He guaranteed it. He went name it. Now, we, we, were, we, were, we, we were just friends casually talking. Not an iron, not a iron <laughs> friend. Not an <laughs> iron doesn't have to be ironclad, but if if he if Manziel goes to the Cowboys, I got a hat to from there because I can't, I don't get it. Yeah, I I, I I agree with you. I of course my my wife being from Texas, my in-laws are all very very big Cowboy fans. My brother-in-law just texted me; he's a huge Cowboy fan, and he's frightened. Right. Like he's literally legitimately at home, well, so, sitting on his couch, fighting right now. And here's here's the here's what, up, Jerry. If I'm Jerry Jones. 
I don't care about the dead money charge. I'm taking Johnny Manziel because you know what? There's a there's a difference between Johnny Manziel and Tony Romo. Johnny Manziel's gonna go win me a game, a game when it counts. Romo's not gonna win me a game in January. I'm taking Johnny football. Cal, does does he do it? I don't know. Does he Jerry Jones it right now? Is this really made for TV? This event? Because if it is, he's taking Manziel. Matter that the Cowboys are down to either Pryor or Manziel. It's got to be Manziel. And my hearing chatter, man, just reading it off to it. And, and Johnny Manziel is starting to turn into Brady Quinn a little bit. He's becoming the story of the draft. He's becoming the story of the draft. Brady Quinn never had drinks. I like it. Bellissimo jumped in with the line of the night. But no, we're, we're seeing the Cowboys of Johnny Manziel. They're down to 30 seconds before the pick is in. You need Manziel. The Cowboys fans are charging the booth saying they need Manziel. Right. It's not the... So we have a, we have a Cowboys right fan who is very, very upset with Tony Begging Romo. for Manziel. So they want Manziel. She wants Manziel. Really? You want She's Manziel? Pick is in, so let's get the volume. Okay. Wow. These are very good points. Yep. She is dropping complete knowledge right now. She's absolutely wow. right. Look, Tony Romo, there are people that are Cowboys fans that love him or hate him. He's very, very polarizing. Right. He's not going to win you a championship. So the pick is, the pick is coming in. We're going to have the pick in a minute. And she was spot on. What's your name? Alice. Pick spot on, Alice. Really good, good spot on analysis. And, and again, deal it, I, I deal with a lot of Cowboys fans because my wife's from Texas. And you're absolutely right. My brother-in-law loves Tony Romo, but knows it's not the next step. Right. Right. Well, yeah. well we can't, can't tell him that on this podcast. <laughs> we can edit that out. We can edit that. We'll fix, we'll fix that in post. No, you you got to love the passion, though. Oh, the passion is there. Hey, look, Cowboys fans are passionate. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's her birthday or just... Your friend's sure. girlfriend. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to shout out again. Oh, oh, oh. What's All right, here we go. Volume. Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> so the Cowboys select Zach Martin, the offensive Much less exciting than we anticipated. And look, there are Cowboys fans everywhere that are saying, oh, crap. And there are Cowboys fans everywhere saying they should have taken Johnny Manziel. So, again, more importantly, Sarkis Denard and Brandon Cook still on the board. Right. Along with Marcus Lee and plenty of other child options for the Jets. So now the Jets are officially on deck. Okay, guys, so let's, yeah. let's circle the wagon let's here. Let's do that. The Jets are on deck. The Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. Right now, Cal, if you're a Jet fan, which we are, I am one. Denard Definitely. is still there. How do, guys, how do we feel about the, is Denard the pick right now? If he doesn't Listen, go to the Ravens. If, if the Ravens don't take him, I think, I think Denard is the pick. You're talking about a cornerback who, again, I said it when we started, he's the best cornerback in the draft. He's more Revis-like than, than people are giving him credit for. You put him opposite Milner, your cornerback is set for the next 10, 15 years. And you need that with, with Sammy Watkins in the division. 
He's a good Joe. What's the pick, Joe? I, I tell you, I, was, I cannot complain about the Nard. He's a great team fit for the Jets. The style of play fits well with what Rex Ryan tries to do on defense. He's a plug-and-play starter for them defensively. I also wouldn't complain about Cooks. I feel like either of those two guys are very good value at 18. Yeah. Cooks gives you the weapon you need offensively. Dennis is the best cornerback in the draft I think that you could be getting at 18. I'm, yeah. I'll happily take him before I took Gilbert or someone who are both good prospects, but give me Denner, particularly in the Jets game before the two of them. Yeah. Cal? I think it's going to be Denard. I would be happy with either Denard or Cook. I think the Jets are in a rare position where whoever they're going to pick at 18, is good. it's going to be a good pick, and there's not too much you can say about it that, that you could disagree with. Cal, you're absolutely Menzel. right. You're a- <laughs> Johnny Menzel. That's Johnny Menzel. Must the Jets take a punter or Johnny Menzel? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think this is a very enviable position for the Jets to be in right now in that there are probably three guys they have very high on their board that, that they would love to walk away with. Right. Now, let me, let me ask you guys this. Can you trade down now if you're the Jets? It, it's an option. I mean, can you trade out of this pick and but, maybe recoup a, you know, a, but, a second? But with 12, with 12 picks already, I, I mean, you could. If, honestly, the guy that you want, if they have a guy circled and targeted that they want and they're confident they could trade down five, six picks and get him, Make the move, get yourself an extra middle round pick. But, you know, you have 12 picks in this round's draft. I mean, what, you're going to get 14, 15 picks, maybe you start restocking for next year. But right. I just feel with guys like Cooks and Dennard on the board, right. don't have, those are good value at 18. Well, that's what we're saying. Like, is the, is the, uh, is it, are they at the point where they have the highest guys on their board yeah. are still there, likely? Like, we're speculating for Right. But a guy like Cooks, a guy like Denard, I mean, here's a guy like Cooks, a guy like Bernard. Yeah, a guy like C.J. Mosley, who's still on the board. I was just about to say, you know, like, yeah, like, I think they can go with him. I, I do think that now the, the Jets have to pull the trigger. And, you, and you're going to get a different maker either way. If you get Cooks, he's the best. Or even Marquise Lee. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out Marquise Lee. Neither would I. I, I wouldn't rule him out at 18. Quietly, I think they yeah. like him a lot. It, it's, yeah. it's going to be hard to be disappointed with who they take, considering Cooks, Lee, Dennis, Pryor, Pitts, all on the board. I feel like they I feel like if they want Lee, they can move down. I think if they wanted Lee, they could move down, without a doubt. I feel like they could... Uh, also, at this point, though, they could just be getting the guy that they want, walk away, take the 18, take Denard, fill that secondary uh, corner spot, and just move on. Right. And just, and just day one is done. That's the safe pick. That's the and, conservative pick. And, and you do have three fourth-round picks. I know you can't trade one of them because it's compensatory. But if there's someone you love at the end of the first round, you can get back into the Jay first Tomorrow round. Is sure. there. You know, maybe Jay Tomorrow is there at the 30, and you could trade back into the first round at the end of the first round and take that guy you love. That's the benefit of having 12 picks. You have that flexibility. And we, we know they like a guy like Amaro, and if he's floating around there at 29, 30, 31 range, jump up and go grab him. Guys, what do you think the Ravens do here? We're talking about the Jets like they're on the clock. <laughs> we got to wait. Baltimore who? If I was Baltimore, I would think C.J. Bosley, right? Like, and I keep saying that. Like, he's the guy that fits, but we'll see. We'll see who they pick. The Ravens have about three and a half minutes left on the clock. We are here at Five Milestone. We are live. Return on thejets.com. We are ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. The Jets are on deck. We've been waiting for it all night. The Giants made a great pick with Odell Beckham Jr. A little bit of a surprising pick, but a splash pick nonetheless. Johnny Manziel is on he's our still TV. Sitting there. He's still sitting there. He has a terrible haircut. 
Good tie, though. Good tie. <laughs> but it's very good well tie. Very solid tie. Is this, is this as big a story as they're trying to make it that when, Mandela spilled their 18? Yeah, when I tell you that 90 70% of people on Jets Twitter right now are talking Mandela question mark, Mandela question mark. To me, that's... It, it, I don't I, know. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I was but focused also, on my corner and our receiver. It speaks to the nervousness of the Jet fans. Well, it's circus. After it's circus. Being, that's right. Absolutely. They've been conditioned by the negative narrative that surrounds the Jets. Uh, over the last few years, that the Jets are going to take the circus pick here. The Jets are going to take Johnny Manziel, and it's going to be, oh, look at the Jets. They're doing it again. They're trying to draw, you know, attention to themselves. But John Itzik, guys, is a different general manager. And he walked in there, and he took – now watch him. Take him. He took the 10 points down. No, (laughs) this is for posterity, so please be honest. He took yeah. the tent poles down. We've got a pick in for the Ravens as well. The Ravens pick is in, which means the Jets are about to uh, be the on Jets the clock. The Jets are officially on the clock. We've made it to the Jets being on the clock. If, if the Ravens take Denard here, is Cooks the no-brainer? Or Cooks or Lee? No, no-brainer is a strong word, but Cooks or Lee, I think, is a logical guy. Right, right, Joe. And yeah. I don't think there's such a thing as a no-brainer in the NFL draft. But it paid Manning. Fire, <laughs> Mosley, all the board, also options. What about, what about, Ford. What about Clinton Dick? True, true. He's there. You know, that's a need. Ha ha. It would be fun to say. It would be great to say. But always use safety help. I think if the Ravens take Denard here and Goodell's heading to the podium so we can get the sound if we can. And this will, of course, put the Jets on the clock. We've only been waiting two and a half years for this. So the the Ravens take Mosley. Jets got Jay Mosley, the the Alabama. They got two safeties. They got a corner. They got two receivers. They got an inside line. All right, so guys, this is it. We're on the clock. Billy, Billy, we're on the clock. So this is it, guys. This is what we've waited for. Joe, Dove, Cal, give me your, give me your gut feeling. What do you got? I mean, my my gut tells me, my gut tells me that it's Marquise Lee. Okay. My gut tells me it's Marquise Lee. I think they're gonna pass on Denard. I'll go down guessing. I'll go down guessing defense with Rex. I'll say Dennard. Okay. I'll I'm more yelling, ha ha, the crowd. I'll say the Jets go with the corner. I'm gonna say Dennard as well. Yeah, Dennard. I think no, no doubt. It's a smart pick. I think it's it's a need for the Jets. Right. The best corner in the draft. You I pair agree. him with Milner. It's the way to go. Cal, you going Dennard as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Howie, we got our buddy Howie here. He's a big uh, Jet fan as well. Yeah, Howie. Howie. Pick, buddy. I say Cooks. Like Interesting. I do. I like Cooks here. I think you pair him with, uh, with Decker, and you have a guy who just trusts the field. They need that. An exciting yeah. offense. Finally, they need that. <laughs> they need that. Touchdowns. If they walk away with Cooks right now, I would not be upset at all. It's a really good mix with Decker, with Curly. You know, David Nelson is sort of a forgotten and guy. And don't forget Chris Johnson, guys. And don't forget He's pretty fast. Don't forget Chris Johnson. And at the end of the day, don't you have to be confident in Rex Ryan to scheme and you take a corner in the second round? Right. It's a yeah, very absolutely. fair point. You I get, think, maybe go get a Brandon Roby in the second round? Well, you, trade, you know, up, guys, they trade up. Here's the thing about Cooks, too, which makes him very interesting to me, is that they lack a home run hitter, right? Everything you read about Cooks, he loves the game. He's, he's, he's a gamer. He's polished. He can come. You guys did great stuff on Turn on the Jets in terms of breaking down the wide receivers. Joe, you were a former wide receiver in college. Slow one, yes. Slow one. <laughs> Not Brandon Cooks, right? Slow one. You could be looking at putting together a wide receiver core for Geno Smith right. that we talk about all the, And Stephen Hill, who we both think is going to be released. Who? 
but he's still there as well. But I think David Nelson is a key guy there. I think so. Because he's young. If he can stay on the field, he really solidifies like that third or fourth wide right. receiver. He's got good size, can be a possession guy. Right. Eric Decker can do both. Right. Jeremy Curley's an elite slot receiver in the league. Okay. And Cook can be your Tavon off and, and Nelson has amazing chemistry with Geno Smith. You saw it more more chemistry than Stephen Hill did. Yeah. You know, we saw it last year. I wouldn't I, to return punts. I wouldn't be mad at I, I, I wouldn't be mad at Cook. My only thing with him is that Marquise Lee is bigger and he's and he's he's a guy who 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 can who doesn't have to be limited to the slot. And, and his 2012 is better than Sammy Watkins' in 2013. Who does he remind you of? He reminds you of Antonio Holmes. Yeah. That's who he reminds you of. He reminds me of Reggie Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll take Reggie Wayne. Uh, he reminds me of Reggie Wayne. I, I know he's not a burner. <laughs> right. right. So I think Lee might be the pick, but honestly, I, I think you can't go wrong with Cooks, Denard, or Marquise Lee. I don't think you can go wrong. I still think if they want Lee, they could lead down for him. I agree. I have a couple extra picks for if they want to win. For your fourth spot. Right, yeah, and if that's the case, it can't be done in football. Under five minutes. All right, so we're under five minutes on the clock here. Once again, we'd like to thank everybody for coming out to Five Milestone to watch the draft tonight. And, of course, Gunhill Brewing Co. providing the beers on tap. Three great beers, the Gold, the IPA, the Seasonal Red. Uh, and Dave Lopez, who's a huge Jet fan, by the way. I don't know where you are, Dave. But thank you so much, Dave, for setting this all up. And, uh, guys, this is it. I mean, we've been mocking and writing and... And, and tweeting about this for months and months and months, and it's upon us, and this is why I love the draft, Cal. This, this moment right here, these four minutes leading up to the Jets' pick. I am now like a nine-year-old kid once again in my bed. In it's your Christmas Jets pajamas. Morning, in my Jets PJs. I cannot wait to go downstairs and unwrap that Nintendo 64. I can't. Let's hope that's what it is. See, that was more of a Sega. I was saying it's for television. I think you're more of a Atari guy, Howie. We don't want to give ages away here, but you're a little bit older. Maybe a Commodore 64, maybe a little Pong. I loved Pong. I don't know if they'll be Kaboom. All right, so guys, do we feel, one more check-in, do we feel confident in a different field, John Hitzik's second draft as the general manager, with Tannenbaum, it used to be crazy pants. Like, you'd be on the clock and be like, I don't know, we could do anything. Right. We just traded Don Maynard. Like, I mean, anything could happen. We could give right. the pick to somebody. I mean, the, <laughs> we, we just gifted the pick. The beautiful thing about it that he did last year was he, he stuck to his board. All right, like, well, it. We, and we got the pick, the pick is in. Schefter. All right, the pick is in. We, there's the Schefter sighting. All right. No, it's, it's, it must be a It's the Schefter sighting. Isn't it amazing how, like, when Adam Schefter shows up now, in, either in your timeline or on TV, you're like, oh. Yep, there it is. Somebody, he, he literally is the pontiff right now. He is, he is, like, I agree. He is the smoke from the Vatican. I agree. He's come from Schefter. It's really You know, it's, is Blair Thomas available? <laughs> No, what I was gonna say God, about I hope not. What I was gonna say about Idzik and, and last year when they drafted Sheldon Richardson, everybody freaked. Everybody was like, "Wait, a D lineman after taking Mo Wilkerson? It didn't make sense." I think I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. He took Milner and Richardson last year, took Gino in the second. I think I think you gotta trust him. Yeah, and Gino guys were the pick that we knew he had to make. We felt like absolutely, was absolutely, strong value was where I got him. Joe, do you feel that if they take a receiver here? They really can't miss with either of those guys. Like I, both guys are good. When you're when the cupboard is bare, if you put peanut butter in there, it doesn't matter which brand it, it of peanut be, butter you put in. It would be very tough to complain about either cooked or Both would yeah. be, I think, very strong value at 18. I think both guys 
plug and play starters in our offense right now. Absolutely. And both, again, exciting guys who can score touchdowns and get points for this offense, which is yeah. what we haven't seen in the last seven, eight, nine, ten, seventy years. Should we be concerned that there's two minutes left on the clock? Here? No, I don't think. I think there's trade wins in there. I think you might be yeah. seeing a trade down. But also, at the end of the day, with a guy like Cooks. Third and eight, third and nine, third and ten. Yeah. I can stretch the field. And also, guys, of course they're taking ten minutes. It's John Itzik. Yeah. I'm surprised well, he didn't ask for an extension. I can't, I, I can't wait till they just trade out of the first round altogether tonight. Right. <laughs> and, 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 yes. and, the, and the thing about Itzik is he's been unbelievably methodical this entire offseason to the point of Jet fans absolutely killing him for not signing every free agent immediately when the clock struck 12. You know, Cal, this is right in his M.O. Absolutely. And everybody, I think, is freaking out. I know I'm freaking out. It's a minute and a half left, and he hasn't made a pick yet. What's going on? And I usually yeah, trust him. He hasn't made a pick. What are you doing? Jazz watch out for the trade. Watch out for the trade. They may, it may be trading back. They may be trading back. Just wait and watch now. I think they could trade back, but I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think the guy that they want is there. They've said it all. Now, now, what do we do if they take Manziel? I just want a quick... Cal, what do you do? I love the fact that you said the guy that they want is still there, and they showed Manziel on the screen. It was almost like it was perfect. It's almost like the producer is trolling me right now. I I think the only question is if they paid Manziel, what happens to Sims? I mean, that's all I'm worried about. What happens to Matt Sims? (laughs) And there's a lot of guys on Twitter that are wondering what happens to Matt Sims right now. Where do you go with Matt Sims? I think I'd probably flip over the table. But, you know, just as like a, not in anger, just as like in shock. They have taken every last second allotted to them. Hey, look, other teams did it. The Tigers did it. Sure. Itzik is methodical. I think, Dave, who you got? We were just talking about it. We think it's either going to be Denard or Cook. All right, pick pick it in. Yeah. All right, the pick is in, everybody. All right, once again, thank you, everybody, for coming down to Five Milestone. Thank them for hosting. Dave Lopez, Gunhill Brewing Co. Go to Gunhill Brewing, was it Gunhill Brewing Co. NYC? Gunhillbrewing.com, and of course, turn on the Jets.com, RQSports.com. We're all here. The pick is in. My pants are still on. I promise that. Cal, can you confirm that the pants are on? They are. Thank you. I I wanted to, but I was told it's the pants on situation. It's fine. Website. Uh, Of course, and uh, of course, (laughs) all us Jet fans, longtime Jet fans are having Johnny Lamb Jones flashbacks. The pick is Kyle Brady. We're going to start chanting sap. Our failures are really well known. This is very much like New Year's Eve, isn't it? It is like New Year's Eve. I'm waiting for the ball to come down. Everybody. Well, there. Let's this, hope it's this, this is it, Joe. If it's Johnny Manziel, who's holding me? Will it be Cal? You're on your own. You're on your own. <laughs> We're all going to pass out at the same time. It's going to be like Waco here. I mean, I'm telling you. Like, except the, giant fans. the Giant fans will be very happy. Right, the Giant fans will be laughing hysterically. All right, so uh, we're just waiting for the official word from uh, the, the commissioner. Here he is. Here he is. He's at it. Turn it up. Crank it up. Calvin Pryor. So the pick is Calvin Pryor, the safety out of Louisville. Right. This is not a usually surprising pick. It's a little surprising. It's a little surprising. But not disappointing. Not disappointing. I'm not. I'm not disappointed in that pick. No, I, th- I think. I think it's a. I think it's a very good pick. You, 
there, there's always been this talk about Rex not taking a safety in the first round. The fact that they went with Pryor, I think that's big. I, I, I like the pick. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I, think it's, I mean, a guy that a lot of people talked about leading up to the process instead would be strong value at 18. Right, right. Again, a lot of people, I think, assume that with Rex Ryan, the Jets would never prioritize safety or take a safety right. that high in the draft. But, you know, is Pryor, I mean, in your guys' mind, is Pryor a guy who's that good enough value at 18 where he's going to come in and start from day one and be a difference maker for this defense? It's going to be very interesting to see because – it's almost as if Rex has never drafted a safety in his life. Right. And we, and we all expected, because he's Rex Ryan, to take right. the corner. Pryor is also a guy, I think, who really flew up the draft boards a little bit, right? Like, if you had told me three months ago that was going to be the pick, I would have been And you know what? I had a... I was but like... This is... This is, uh, this is an interesting I thought to myself, I was like, there's no way that it attracts... And they needed... They needed help in the secondary. So they've been getting killed on the secondary it, for months and months. They needed help there. Once again, I, it's an it's an idiotic pick. They addressed the need. Yeah, and I, I think this probably they don't view their need at cornerback as big as I think many fans and other people do. I think they may have more confidence in a guy like Darren Walls and a guy like Dimitri Patterson than most people do. And they might just look internally and say, Hey, we can get a corner in the second or third round, throw him in with those guys. And we think this guy, we think Pryor could be a difference maker in the back end for us, which this team really hasn't had at safety in a long time. Oh, not only that, but you, this is a vote of confidence for Jeremy Curley. A lot of people forget that he's yeah. first on the outside. Yeah. He's not just a slot receiver. And with him and Decker, I mean, you're talking about a guy that put up Mike Wallace-like numbers on the outside during Mike Wallace's last season in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I like, I like the pick. I think Pryor's good. There are plenty of wide receivers available. There are plenty of wide receivers available. If you take Jordan Matthews in the second round, then suddenly you don't need a wide, a wide receiver in the first, and Calvin Pryor makes sense for sure. Yeah. And this, we talked about, sorry, Joe, we talked about it a ton, that this is an unbelievably wide receiver deep draft that you don't have to grab the guy in the first round. It's okay. But to me, Joe, and, and guys, this is a very John Isaac pick. It really is. Yeah, I, I think the Jets are going to stick to and they're going to take the highest guy on their board. And, and clearly they thought Pryor was a better value pick at 18 than a guy like Cooks, than a guy, than a guy like Lee. And I think Pryor's a guy. You put Pryor back there with Antonio Allen and DeJuan Landry all rolling through. Now all of a sudden the safety position looks a lot better than it did you know, a couple Absolutely. months ago we were talking about it. Absolutely. And there are a lot of ways. Oh, we'll get to one sec. There's a lot of ways to build the secondary. You don't have to necessarily do it at the corner. You know, there's a way to have an impact. And everybody seems to forget that the Jets are going to have, especially if Quentin Copel takes the leap that we all think he will, the Jets are going to have one of the top three defensive lines in the NFL with Sheldon Richardson and Mo Wilkerson and Quentin Copel and, of course, Snack Harrison. There's depth there. They're going to be elite. There's other ways to get to the quarterback and win with non-elite corners. I think this is a good pick. Yeah, I actually definitely agree. Um, you, you actually gave me a pretty good segue into what I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, I know. So natural. It's great. Um, you know, because the truth is, is when you have a safety back there who can play center field, who can play in the slot, who can play man, it mitigates the issues you have with your young cornerbacks, with your inexperienced cornerbacks. Absolutely. You know, you take Milner, what if he doesn't make that jump? You give him help over the top. You take Wall, you take Razai Dowling, maybe they're not ready to step into that starter role. Fire's going to help over the top, and he's going to prove, you know, prove to be a difference maker. And they, they've still got 11 picks. What's to stop them from moving up even into this round tonight? They could make another pick tonight. I'm looking for a move for, you know, Amaro or maybe Lee, depending on where, where they land. I, I really I think, to play, yeah. I think depending how these next seven to ten picks go, it will be interesting to see if, if they do that and 
make that aggressive move into the back end of the first round or up high in the second round and target a guy on the offensive side of the football. I, I, I find, again, I feel like this is a pick that I wouldn't call it shocking or surprising. I, this is a guy that a lot of Jet fans have talked about. A lot of Jet fans would say, you know, be satisfied with prior 18. He's not quite as flashy or as exciting as a pick as maybe a Cooks or a Lee. But still, you can't say the Jets reach for prior. You can't say that prior is not going to walk in and be a starter and an immediate contributor at a position of need on defense. So, we, you know, plenty of people question taking Sheldon Richardson last year. Yeah. You know, let's see what Pryor does out there, and let's, you know, let's give Isaac the benefit of the doubt based on the defensive players who just took in the first round last year. Yeah, and this is a very, it's sort of like a juxtaposition right now with the Jets and the Giants. Like, the Giants wound up sort of taking the kind of, you know, sexier pick with Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver who's a little bit flashier and a little bit, uh, you know, more, more pomp and, not pomp and circumstance, but a little more bang for your buck for the Giant fan who wanted, like, that flashy pick. They get Eli another weapon. The Jets kind of lay back and take a safety who's a good pick. It's a good value at that pick. It's not a reach by any means, as you guys have said. Add depth to a position of need. It's kind of like, oh, okay, oh, look at the Jets. Like making like a very solid depth pick. Not making the Johnny Manziel circus pick or anything like that. Guys, I do think, Callan, and you just spoke to this and I think you're spot on. I would not be surprised, though. I don't know if it's tonight but I would not be surprised to see them trade up in the second round and get an offensive playmaker that they want. Maybe Lee falls into the second round at the top, and maybe there's a guy they covet there, and they try to turn you know, that extra fourth-round pick into moving up in the second, Cal. I think a guy like Pryor, and I agree with you, I think they're going to move up, I think. Um, and maybe you're right, maybe the second round is a more logical place for them to move up to. But a guy like Pryor, I think, is going to be a pick that tomorrow – when you look back at the pick and you start to read about him, you're going to like it a lot better, too. Like, right now, it wasn't exactly what we expected, but it's going to be a great pick tomorrow. Yeah, and, and any defensive player that you add, add to Rex Ryan's defense that's a playmaker is good. It's always going to be good. He's always going to maximize the value. That's why Sheldon Richardson, as you said, Nolan, before, was a great pick because he's going to maximize a guy's ability. If a guy is a playmaker, he doesn't necessarily have to have a slot or a position or, you know, one way he can attack with him. Rex Ryan, right? No one's going to find ways to use this guy. Yeah, and I was kind of just talking about it. Rex Ryan loves versatile guys. Yeah. And, and Sheldon Richardson was a versatile guy last year. And Pryor's another one. I think Cole just kind of hit on it a little bit. Is Pryor's the guy who's going to come down in the box, and he's going to absolutely maul people. I yeah. mean, this guy is a yep. big hitter, and he loves to hit. He's a Rex Ryan guy in that sense. Um, but he can, also, he can also play center field. He can play different coverages. And, and he can get in the slot and cover guys in man. I mean, he's, he's versatile. Maybe not as good of a cover guy as a ha-ha Dix, right. but it's the versatility that I think Rex Ryan absolutely loves, and I think Idzik seems to go the same way with yeah, it. Yeah, that just brought me to my next question, guys. You take fire over ha-ha Dix, uh, Clinton Dix, who is, who is widely considered the best safety in the draft, or at least the first safety off the board. Uh, what, what are the big differences you've seen, uh, you've seen between these two guys? And is there a reason that maybe Pryor's a better fit for the Jets? Yeah, I mean, I think that between those two guys, I mean, HaHa Dix is more of the guy who's going to be a, a better cover safety. Um, Pryor, he's not going to be down in the box as much, and he didn't have to do it as much in Alabama. Pryor was kind of the guy in Louisville who was making almost every play, whether it was in, in coverage or stopping the run in the box. Um, so he had to do it all in Louisville. And, and I think he's – it depends on your scheme fit and what you're looking for. If you're looking for a guy who's going to be able to drop down the box and a guy who's going to be able to cover, 
well, not maybe elite, but well, you know, this is your guy. If you're looking for a guy who's just going to cover like an Earl Thomas, and that's what your scheme is, whether you're like a Seahawks, who, where that safety is just going to be either in the deep middle or covering a half of, a half of the field at every play, that's the guy you want to get is Ha-Ha Dix over him. Yeah, I think what's interesting, guys, uh, and, and I'd love to hear you chime in on this too, is that we all love Antonio Allen. I mean, we like Antonio Allen a lot uh, as a playmaker, as a guy who brought uh, a lot to the table in coverage. The Dolphins uh, the, pick is in. The I'm Dolphins sorry. pick is coming in. And we'll, we'll, we'll take that. The Dolphins. Wow, okay. So they took Juwan James, the offensive tackle from Tennessee. It's a good pick. The need pick for the Dolphins. Um, and... and that's an interesting pick, right, Nolan? You're an offensive uh, guy, offensive line guy. Jawan James is that's a huge reach from where he's been placed on on yeah, board. Yeah, he's right? Yeah, and he's a guy that that actually was kind of overshadowed a little bit at Tennessee by Tiny Richardson, who has a great nickname, by the way, Tiny Richardson. <laughs> um, he was a little overshadowed, and he actually was out of position. He played right tackle at right, Tennessee, right. and Tiny Richardson played left tackle, when in reality, those two, in my opinion, are not there at Tennessee every day, but those two should have been switched. So Jawan James is actually the very rare case of a tackle who's playing right tackle in college, but, but when he gets to the pros, can probably move over to left tackle. He's got the footwork to do it. He's not, not as great of a run blocker as most of your right tackles are, so I see a guy who's probably going to switch over and possibly play left tackle. Can play right tackle, obviously, but could eventually switch over to left tackle. Yeah. And it looks like we have a trade here. We have another trade. The Cardinals, have the Cardinals traded into that spot, Cal? Uh, the Cardinals trade the pick to the Saints. To the Saints. So the Saints are moving into the, to the pick. They are on the clock in the 20 here. They have about six and a half minutes left to go. I want to finish my Antonio Allen point. Uh, and all I was going to say, guys, was, uh, you know, the Jets have to play Gronkowski. They have to play, you know, the receiving tight ends that are in the league now. Uh, and, they, and they have to face them off. And I feel like Antonio Allen is a better cover guy from the safety position that you can maybe use in a nickel package or a dime package specifically to cover a Gronkowski, to cover those, you know, those receiving tight ends. So a guy like Pryor maybe fits a better, you know, fits a little bit better to help support the run. He's a little bit more of a run stuffer. Mm-hmm. And he can also maybe play a little bit better zone center field. Yeah, I think, I think adding Fryer, I think he's going to start right away. Oh, yeah. He's going to step right into the starting lineup. That's why I, I feel like Antonio Allen is like a, almost like a nickel safety, if that makes sense. You know, like, sorry, to, hold, hold on, Tiny. He has to turn that mic off because it's live on the thing. Can you, I agree with can you. Can you grab the, uh, the, the guest mic, please, Jay? Jay, can you grab the guest mic? Thank you. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what were we talking about again? Talking about <laughs> Scott. Yeah, we're talking about Antonio Allen being sort of like oh, yeah. a nickel safety. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of where the league's going. And, you know, I'm a big Eagles fan, so I'm going to look at the Eagles. The Eagles just took a guy in Malcolm Jenkins who was ranked as almost dead last by pro football focus as the worst safety in the league. It's not even close to true. It's because he's one of those nickel safeties who's in the slot in man coverage all the time. And that's where the league is going because of these, these athletes that are now being split out wide or lined up at tight end or H-back. And they need these safeties, these, these kind of – you've got hybrid guys on offense now like Ebron. Now you need the hybrid guy on defense. Yeah. 
and that's, I feel like the Jets feel like they have that guy in Antonio Allen. It's a, it's a good pick, Hal. I like it. It's a guy. Are you talking yourself into it? No, no. I, I, okay. I, don't, I don't have to. I said to you very early on that there were a number of ways the Jets could go in the draft, but I'm really not going to be disappointed unless they took, like, a punter or Johnny Mendel or, or, you know, even they could have taken an offensive lineman and I would have been fine with it. No, any pick that they made there was, would have been good. And, and I'm really okay with it. I really am. It was, you called it. It was a big pick. Yeah. It was a pick for need. I mean, it was methodical. Methodical? Like, taking all ten minutes, maybe petition the league for an extra three. It was the right pick. You could just see him, like, walking, like, going to the bathroom, you, taking his time. Do you believe Making that, an espresso. Like, he's just, Itzik is just so calm. And like, oh, are we on the clock? I didn't even, I didn't even know. Right. Oh, are we on the clock? Oh, it's fine. Would you think that so, they, that was the guy I, he wanted all along? Like, yeah. like going into tonight, that was the guy. He makes you feel like that. Right. He makes you feel like maybe he wasn't that's the guy like, we wanted all along. He's like listening to jazz. Like, he's just in the right. back, like his feet kicked up. like Doing a crossword puzzle. Oh, oh, are we on the clock? I was doing the jumble. I, you know, I didn't even I, know. It seems that the initial reaction from what I could gauge is, is generally positive. I think it's not the flashy pick. But people have seemed to have a little faith in Idzik, especially with a defensive player in the first round that maybe they weren't necessarily expecting. So I think the reaction is generally positive. I, mean, I don't think anybody debates that Pryor was a solid first round, pro, you know, prospect, mid first round prospect. So I, I'm very curious to see how they handle the second round pick now, considering yeah. the number of total picks they have. Right, and it, and uh, it, it really has been a really great job. There's that trade, Cal. The Saints get the 20th pick, the Cardinals get the 27th, and then the 91st, and then the 9th. So they get, the Cardinals get the Saints third. To pick so up the, an extra third-round pick in the first round of this draft move is back a great. Round. You're only moving back seven picks, and yeah, there's that's a, a, tremendous ton of that's a tremendous job by the Cardinals. That's a really good job. I want to ask you guys, just jumping back to the draft right now, you've got three quarterbacks still sitting there, and we keep seeing them on the screen every two minutes. You've got Manziel, Manziel you've got Bridgewater, you've got Carr. Are any of them going to go in the first round, or are they going to, at this point, with who's left to pick, would anybody uh, take a quarterback at this point? I mean, I think you'll probably see Manziel go before the day's over. Um, whether it's if the Browns can get up there and get him, I, I think you could see something like that, whether they have to trade up to make a move, or if he falls to where they're at right now. I mean, I could see it happening for the Browns. I think um, the Browns wind up with him, too. I really do. I really do, Tommy. I really think the Browns, yeah, they've been sort of playing this draft as if they knew he was going to fall and have the precipitous fall that he's had. Yeah, and <laughs> well, they haven't been traditionally. <laughs> I can't believe that they would I know that. I'm giving the Browns an enormous amount of credit right now. I mean, but Pettin was being honest, right? He came out and he yeah. said, we're not really going to look at a quarterback with that first pick. Yep. And if, if we could take him later, we're going to do it. You know, if we, if we want to look at a quarterback, it's going to be later than that first pick. So that, that leaves the options still out there. I just had to take a second to think about Brandon Cooks being in that Saints offense on that turf, man. Oh, is that who they took? Is that, is that, that's what I'm seeing talk through on Twitter. I haven't seen that pick come in yet, but the, the talk is that this will be Brandon Cooks to the Saints. And somewhere the Drew Brees... Rich, I, didn't, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to spoil it. No, that, no, but I, somewhere Drew Brees just poured himself a nice, you know, like a, like a, a Glenn Livett, like three fingers of Glenn Livett. I, I put just, on a robe and was like, I just saw it in my well eyes. Done. Out. So I was picturing him in that offense with Brees and Colson and Graham. I kind of thought for sure they would go defense. Yeah, no, I mean, Drew Brees just sat back and went, well done, gentlemen. I mean, they spent on defense and free agency. You know? I mean, they went and got Darius Bird. Here comes, well, let's see here comes the, pick the pick, guys. 
And let's see what it, if it, if it is cooked. I mean, that's just that's hot action for Drew Brees, without a doubt. Yep, it's cooked. Wow. Sorry to spoil that. Part. I mean, that is just Drew Brees with Jimmy Graham. I mean, she was. I'll tell you this. While while Jet fans are maybe despairing a little bit, thinking about cooking that Saints offense instead of all offense. Brian Dawkins just tweeted, trust me, dot, 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 Calvin Pryor and Rex's scheme, better look out. So, I mean, if that's a right. stick, I feel right. better about that. Feel a little better. I mean, I don't know. I take two pieces of advice from Brian Dawkins at all time, and one is on safety. My all time favorite player right there, people. I'm not going to tell you what the other one's about. <laughs> you know, uh, Let's by, put it this way. It ain't cheesesteak. I have a Brian Dawkins jersey, by the way. Of course you do. That was signed by Mark Gastineau. Story. It was a true story. Me and uh, Joe were at a, uh, a uh, Jets game, Jets-Redskins, and um, we're, in a, we're in, a, in a club box somehow. Don't know how us, us two schlubs got up there. We were, we were sophomores in college and wiggled our way into it. Tickets, please. <laughs> Tickets, please. So Mark Gassino walks in while we're in there, and uh, I mean, I don't know how... He was a little, uh, he was on something. <laughs> no. He wasn't playing. He was on goofball. Wait, wait, wait. He Mark? Goofball. We're talking about Mark Gaston. Mark Gaston. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, that I believe. So he walks in, and he ends up talking to me for about 45 minutes about offensive line. And he tells me, because at this point I was, I was trying to pursue football after college, he's telling me the first thing I should do is to stop working out. Which I obviously followed. Right. <laughs> Which, that was the one piece of advice yeah. he really took to heart. <laughs> I think if he saw you today, he'd be like, look, dude. Well, you went overboard on that one. <laughs> he really, he really, he really heated Sorry. that one. Tell him what happened after me. Like so funny. finally, he, you know, I'm looking at him, and we stopped talking. He's kind of sitting at this little high table, and he's just picking up, like, pieces of paper off the ground and off the table and just signing everything he sees, receipts, Napkins, whatever, just signing them. So I turn around and I'm back looking at the game. Next thing I know, I feel something on my back, and I turn around and I like kind of shrug his hand off. This, what, what are you doing, man? He signed said, you. What are you doing? He signed my back of my Brian Dawkins jersey, which to this day I still try and bleach out his name on the on the zero of Dawkins. He's got an unsolicited Mark Gaston autograph. Unsolicited. On an Eagles jersey. On an Eagles jersey. Whoever, the, he had a woman with him. I guess it was his handler. <laughs> she pulled, she pulled him out of the room because there was about to be some fisticuffs. That's all I can say. And that, anything. That, that is our Mark Gaston. That is story. tremendous. That's what you get when you go to the CBS. Two and eight Jets play the three and seven Redskins back in 2007 with Calvin Clemens, the quarterback. And that's my first Jets game experience. That's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Tremendous story. And I drank 22 Pepsis. Sure. The free Pepsis, the free Pepsis. There might have been some Coke thrown in, but. I'm about to have me about 22 Dr. Pepsis. All right, guys, we're going to wrap. We're going to wrap up the show in a couple minutes. And, uh, and take it home. Everybody's had a great time here, I think. The rest of the draft remains. But before we wrap up, Joe, I want to check in with you. How do you see the rest of the draft going for the Jets? Just give me tomorrow, not, you know, all 12 picks. I would be surprised if they did not select an offensive player tomorrow. I don't know if that's a tight end or a receiver, but I will think it would be an offensive player. That's where my eyes are on tomorrow. Unless Roby is still there for them in the second round, he'd be very intriguing. He's a first-round talent that may have fell right. a little bit because off the field issues. I still would... I would put my money on it being an offensive player. And before we start, I, I, go ahead, Dob, sorry. Just, no, just no, real no. quick, I mean, I think uh, this is not really a deep interior lineman draft. So I think if the Jets actually want to get someone that could make a difference for them, they're probably going to have to look at them in the second or third round. 
So they may take a guard or someone a little earlier than people think. Um, and I could see them kind of trading up maybe in that second round if, if uh, Suofilo is still there. Or a guy I'd like to see them take is a, is a Trey Turner, possibly from LSU. And if he's still in the third grade or maybe towards the end of the second, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to take an interior offensive lineman a little earlier than people think. Okay. And, uh, and Joe, just before we sign off, Joe, please, Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com, run through everything you have. Run through the website. Tell me who is here tonight with us. All right. First of all, off the top, one more time, very happy birthday. Happy birthday! Right, happy birthday to Laura, 27, my lovely girlfriend. Thank you for letting me have a draft party on your birthday. Uh, big thank you to Cole Patterson for coming out tonight from our website, Patterson underscore T-O-J. It's like roll call. Obviously, a big thanks to the big guy, Coach Nolan64, for coming, coming, up, coming up from Philadelphia. Uh, Mark we got, on his back. We got Dalvin Osario back there. It's his birthday, and he oh, still came out today. Birthday. Disable underscore MMI. I'm giving everyone's Twitter handle as well. And uh, TJ Rosenthal. See, I'm not sure if he's still here, but he was here. Rocking that awesome Titans out. He's uh, the Jet Report. They took him uh, out. Twitter, and obviously we're at TurnOnTheJets.com. On Twitter, I turn on the Jets. Facebook, turn on the Jets. Appreciate all the reading. Appreciate Five Milestone for hosting us. Yeah. Gun Hill Brewery for all the amazing beer. And obviously for you guys for running point with this great setup and really carrying and, you know, being the point guard to the podcast tonight. Awesome. Uh, Joe, thank you uh, for doing this with us. This has been a great time. Thank you to everybody who has come out. Cal, give me your real quick on the Jets in round two, and then let's wrap. My real quick is that when we go off the air, I think they might make another pick tonight. Oh! <laughs> I think they might trade up into the end of the first round. I would love it. That would be so exciting. Jay, Muffal, please grab Muffal. the microphone. And tell us about uh, your endeavor. Thanks, Jay. Jay has done uh, the sound plus. He's done an unbelievable job tonight. Jay, cannot thank you enough. Please tell people where they can find you and the Yaya's. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys. Listen, uh, if you want to check out my recording studio, it's thewindupshop.com. There's a hyphen in there somewhere. Find it. Uh, and uh, we are. You put it on them. I love like that. Yeah. I like that. We are the yayas.com is my music group, so uh, take a listen. Uh, Thanks again, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Awesome, and of Thank course, you. the bishop. The bishop. We got to get him one more time. He's got to have a final he thought produced, on the he draft. Produced right? this show. PJ, final thoughts, final unload on the draft. You've been sitting there all night watching us. This is my this first is... draft. Oh, a draft person. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I found okay. it just fascinating. Fascinating. That's all you could ask for. That's it. You found it fascinating. <laughs> then it did what it was supposed then to it's do. It's mission accomplished. Let's put up the banner. Look at that. Uh, okay, uh, and just once again, five milestone. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, everybody that came out. Dave Lopez, the guys at Gun Hill Brewing Co. Go check them out. Drink their beer. It's fantastic. Sean, all the bartenders, take care of your bartenders and your servers tonight, please. And of course. Ready to unload, uh, rtusports.com for us. We're also on iTunes. You can get the podcast there. And uh, we will be back next week, Cal, with maybe a very special guest. I'm teasing that. All I'm right, teasing right. it. Wait, let's leave this on this quote from Rex Ryan from the Jets Post Press Conference. That young man feels like a friend.